you're listening to Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here, as always, with Chris. Yo. Today is our third and final first impressions for the fall 2022 anime season. We're going to go through the last ones. If, you're, if your show's not in this list, they weren't covering it. <laughs> and if you ain't in the list, then good on you for getting a show that we didn't actually watch, because we pretty much watched all of them, so... But yeah, we have in this episode, Encouragement of Climb, Bochi the Rock, More Than a Married Couple But Not Lovers, Chainsaw Man, Love Flops, Urusai Yatsura, Urusai Yatsura. I, I swear, I'm going to forever mess that up. And I finally got Mushoko Tensei <laughs> right, and now I have to get this one right. It's that EI, I don't know why. Uh, anyways, The Little Lies We All Tell, To Your Eternity Second Season, Arc Knight's Prelude to Dawn, I think it was. Uh, Can Kali, the, this, the second season, apparently it's happening. I don't know. I still don't think it exists. Uh, My Life After I Became a Dummyhead Mike, Romantic Killer, and Bleach. We'll leave Bleach at the very end because it's like, what, 300 episodes in or something? Yeah, something like that. So that allows us to actually talk about it. <laughs> but yes, uh, without further ado, let's jump into it. Again, we're at TakuSpirit.com. It's where you can get all of our links, social media links, Discord, and all that kind of stuff. I do want to mention, specifically, we are starting our Best of the Year Anime Awards nominations and and voting and all that kind of stuff. So... If you want to get involved with that, we definitely would love to have you guys there. I think we got like a really good showing for our first one. I didn't really think that we get many votes for the winter because we're doing all the stuff that you can do now, like winter, spring, summer. And then as we go closer and closer to the end of the year, we'll actually get into the stuff that's going to actually be affected by shows in the, the fall. So everything gets a, a proper due. But yeah, it's been a lot of great th- stuff going on there. Um, again, as usual, great community of people there to talk to about anime. If you love anime... Um, it's the community for you. And additionally, um, a special thanks to Ida for actually handling the anime award stuff. So I don't have to. <laughs> uh, but no, a big shout out to, to Ida. So, but yeah, with that, with that said, let's, let's jump, let's jump into things. We also have like all of our links to support us as well at com, like our Patreon, um, some tip links and all that kind of stuff. And we appreciate everybody that does support us to help us do stuff like this. So let's start, let's start, let's go into it. We have our first one is Encouragement of Climb Next Summit, which is Yama no Musume Next Summit. Streaming on High Dive, running for 12 episodes, done by Studio 8-Bit. Sources of manga, the genres are adventure, comedy, slice of life. And the director on this one is the same one that's worked on the other seasons, uh, Yusuke Yamamoto, who did Skip Beat and Haibana Reme. So, good stuff there. But yes, for those who don't know, Encouragement of Climb essentially focuses on Aoi. And Aoi, at some point, ends up running into her childhood friend Hinata, who at a long time ago when they were younger, she kind of forgot about it. When they were younger, they went out and they went to this one summit. And there, they kind of made a promise to each other that they were going to one day go hiking together again. But then they kind of became separated. And then at some point, again, Hinata does end up running into Aoi again and said, oh, let's go hiking together and yanks her out. (laughs) And they go out hiking together again. So it's kind of Aoi realizing that she had this friend that made a promise with a long time ago but then being introduced into the world of hiking. So Hinata, her father basically is really into hiking, and so that kind of passed on to her. Aoi is kind of not really a shut-in. She's kind of just enclosed in herself. She's a very much an introvert. She doesn't really speak to many people. She's much to herself. And so she's now having to learn how to get out there. Yes, <laughs> build some endurance and everything, and she dis- rediscovers the love of hiking itself through Hinata. And then over time, they run into a bunch of different girls, and they all go out hiking together. So, And they're big, of course. Their big in-game focus is Mount Fuji. 
<laughs> at some point they attempted it. Now we kind of failed, but she really does want to climb Mount Fuji. That's like her her thing. But yes, um, for those that don't know, unfortunately, five episodes, I think it was five, maybe it was four. Five, I think four episodes or four to five episodes of this. I think it was four episodes. Four episodes of this was recap. So they pretty much went through all of the first, second, third season and that kind of works out because obviously the first season is literally the length of an episode because <laughs> they started out very short episodes. And then in second and third ep- uh, seasons, they kind of increase it to like 15 minutes per episode. And then with this season, they're going to do full length episodes. Um, so they kind of wanted to get everybody recapped the story before they got into the new stuff, which is unfortunate for us because we've already watched it. I enjoyed rewatching through it. I kind of went at, you know, faster speed just so I can get through it and, and re- recap myself on what all happened. But the big thing there, obviously, is that we're getting in the new stuff finally, and so we don't have too much to go based on with this next season because we just got a new episode, um, which is kind of unfortunate. But I will say that re rewatching through the old series really did kind of respark my love for the the encouragement of climb property itself because it's always been one of those like yes, it's kind of cute girls doing cute things, but it is it's got subtle drama beats in there and stuff that are really fantastic. I mean. I got got a little chuckle when I ran into the part where, well, was essentially the last season, which is the part where Aoi and Hinata kind of find themselves grouping up with different people. And so you have a little bit of a jealousy thing that's happening there. It's like, oh, you you cute little scams. (laughs) Uh, It's a lot of fun. But going this next season uh, with the episode that we actually got, it essentially has uh, Aoi kind of wishing that she can get back into hiking, but it's in the winter season, which is a little more dangerous for them to go out and do hiking because a lot of the mountaintops and stuff are obviously frozen and stuff. So she kind of is a little bit nostalgic to the idea of, I really want to go out and hike again. I really wish I could do that. And at some point she ends up getting roped into the mountaineering club, which is run by Koharu. She's an absolute dork, (laughs) but the club itself, it kind of gets a little bit in the idea that everybody kind of does you know mountain climbing hiking whatever for different reasons and that was really what it felt like they were hitting on with that episode is this idea that with Koharu and the mountaineering club they're all about numbers they're all about you know getting yourself super fit hitting the the you know planning your trail It, it basically talk about every month they'll do one hike trip and the rest of the month is basically them preparing they'll get their route set up their equipment set up and it's all to the sake of apparently they have actual uh, inner school uh, uh, competitions, which is kind of surprising for mountaineering in Japan. But apparently these schools will compete and it's all based on, you know, everything they do during the hiking trip itself. So they have a lot of planning around that. And it kind of turns on some of those things where you notice that like Ka- Kaede was the one that mentioned to Koharu that Aoi did mount, uh, hiking. So that's why Koharu went to Aoi. And she even herself said, oh, Kahara is my friend. I mentioned your name, but she's not in the club. And then you find out that Hinata herself was introduced to Koharu and even she didn't join the club. So it's like, well, why is all these girls that love hiking not joining a a hiking club? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Well, each one of them kind of insinuated that, well, they do things in a way that I'm not really into. And again, all came down to this idea of why do you do what you do? What what do you enjoy about it? And what Aoi found by just, you know, hanging out with Koharu in the club is that they were all about endurance and getting to the point and speed and all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't and she never got to sit down and experience the hiking. She loves the spectacle of it. She loves the adventure of it, taking in the sights. And that wasn't what the mountaineering club was. So she essentially found out what Kaide and Hinata found out about the club. They're fine 
they enjoy it the way they enjoy it, but it's not how I enjoy hiking and mountaineering and all that kind of stuff. So it definitely has me kind of intrigued as to the rest of the season. It does feel like they're kind of stepping up the concepts of what they love about what they do, which definitely will get into more of the characters and what they what really drives them to do what they do. So I'm really looking forward to to more of this. It's It was really fantastic. So as always... I absolutely love the series, and I highly recommend it. It is, I, it's one of those things where it's unfortunate that the f- the previous seasons isn't available. I don't even think it's on Crunchyroll. Like they all lost the licenses to everything, so it kind of, it's. I kind of hoped that High Dive would have picked up the other seasons and maybe done a full release. But I think what High Dive is expecting is since this does have recap, which if you don't have other options, it's fine. I do highly recommend checking out the old seasons and watching through from the very beginning just because they, yes, they're cutting a lot of content, especially with the later seasons, to fit it in a single episode. Um, especially when you think and consider, you know, 12 or some episodes, some of the, I think some of the seasons were actually 20 or something episodes. Um, they're long. <laughs> These aren't short seasons and to fit them in the, a single episode doesn't work. So you are missing a lot of the nuance and character development and just the experiences they go through and the challenges they face because they, they're trying to skip all that stuff just to get the character beats, um, which so you're missing a lot of that stuff. So I do recommend if you can to go watch the previous seasons, don't watch the recap episodes. But if you have no choice, yes, go ahead. Watch Next Summit and just that be it. And you can get the whole experience of all the characters and everything, just not the full depth of it. So sorry, did you want to talk about the show? I didn't actually get a chance to watch it. I it was uh it was shun, a Chris. Shun. I <laughs> shun. I, I, I shun. It, it, it's one of those that uh because of the fact that it was um recap I was intending on going and catching the next the the next part when it came out and just reasons I it, it slipped through. So, yeah. I love it as it is, so I know that I'm going to love the next part. So, sure. Just based on past experience, you can highly suggest it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it never gets bad. Like, And that, that's the other thing. It's like it seems like the quality always goes up with every season. This season, I will say, I wasn't sure if the quality was better. Like, it, if there was some shots that were really good, but it really felt like some of the animation was a little bit less than usual. Um, so I'm not sure at this point. We'll see as it goes along. But I'm, I'm very mixed on if I like the newer style they're going with. Um, with this it's the same studio all the way through but it seems like they always kind of change the style a little bit when they go to another season and i'm not again right now i'm not sure if i'm okay with that or not because they were always good at like the attention to detail and stuff like that the equipment and stuff like that putting on boots and stuff it was like this little extra flair that they gave to really kind of um give detail to the world itself but yeah, I'm. I'm also looking forward to a lot of the characters. I forgot how goofy Kokona was. <laughs> Kokona's like, why does she have so much energy? <laughs> like this girl looks like like the the cutesy like prim and proper girl, and she always has like a dress on and stuff. And <laughs> she's always the one that has like the most energy. So like this whole situation where she uh, Aoi was trying out the club. Uh, again, they were doing an endurance run, so they had to run from the school all the way to this one hiking trail up the hiking trail. And just before she got to the hiking trail. She runs by Kokona, and Kokona just drops what she's doing and starts running alongside Aoi. <laughs> and then Aoi goes up the trail, and Kokona just keeps running in that direction. And I'm like, this girl just has too much energy. Um, she's always been the kind of the, the weirdest little trip in the series is how, I don't know, super energy this girl is. And you would figure that she's like the daughter of some rich guy or something like that. She just seems like that little, like that treasure that needs to be protected, but she's not, um, which is always was always fascinating, so... 
love the characters. Love the. I mean, Hinata and Aoi, I just absolutely adore the two of them. They are just they're too precious. So it's it's kind of one of those ones where it's kind of like a mixture between a cute girls doing cute things. It's it's kind of like a Eurocamp. If you guys like laid back camp and stuff, you have to watch this show because it has it has that feel of adventure and the troubles and equipment and all the stuff you face. It doesn't get too like super deep in it. Like we don't have like laid back camp levels of like suddenly twigs are talking about how to make a campfire. It, it, it gives a little bit of detail about what they're doing, but nothing like super over in depth. So you're well, not going to get spreadsheets. The, the most, the most uh, heaviest drama that they had was what Andrew had mentioned earlier, where they were getting a little bit jealous of one another. And yeah. that, that's the closest thing to heavy drama that you're going to get in this show. It was super cute too. <laughs> Yeah, that's Encouragement to Climb. Next Summit, highly suggest the series through and through. Bochi the Rock is our next one. We have uh, streaming on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes done by Cloverworks. The source is a four-comma manga. The genres are slice-of-life comedy. And the series composition and script work by Erika Yoshida, who did Tower of God and Trickster. So, uh, But yeah, this one opens up with Hitori Goto, who is an introvert. And it kind of shows how, you know... At school, everybody would kind of gather together to do different, you know, activities together. And she was always kind of there wanting to speak out, but it, the words never came out. She's definitely kind of like that afraid of speaking out or, or feeling that some people misunderstand her and stuff like that. So, again, very much an introvert. At some point, she's sitting down watching television and there's an interview with this band. And one of the guitarists essentially says, yes, I used to be an introvert when I was younger, but then I got, you know, I learned how to play the guitar, I got with a band, and that kind of got me out there. And so it's kind of this element of, even as an introvert, I found my way of speaking through my music. And this kind of gets Hitori really excited, like, Dad, can I buy your guitar? You just have a guitar, right? Because apparently her dad was um, a guitarist. He's like, yeah, I still got it. And she's like, can I have, borrow it? And so she takes it, and she runs off to her room and starts learning how to play guitar. And this, like, skips for, I think, like, three years as she's learning how to play guitar. <laughs> and this mindset is that she's going to get into a band in a club and, and all this kind of stuff just to get herself out there. And three years later, she's done nothing but learn how to play guitar. She's really good at guitar. <laughs> and she started like a YouTube channel at some point as directed by her dad. And she's got tons of followers and everything. And everybody loves her music on online. But she never really went out and did anything. She didn't get to do like, you know, a school festival play or anything like that. So... Nothing's changed. And so finally, she decides, oh, I'm going to do some things to get attention from people. So she starts taking a guitar to school, thinking that people will notice her. Nobody really notices her. It, it, you get a sense of this idea that she really wants somebody to come to her and spark a conversation. And she never does the effort of going out and speaking to other people. And so she's just waiting. She's just sitting there waiting. At some point, she's sitting defeated <laughs> in a park. And so a girl named Nijika shows up and quickly grabs her and says, we need a guitarist. Please come with me and starts dragging her. And of course, since Hitori is very difficult, you know, has difficulty with speaking to people, she just kind of is unable to say, wait, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. And so she gets drugged all the way to this underground concert hall where, yes, they find out that this girl, their vocalist and the guitarist basically ditched. <laughs> And they need her badly to perform on the stage. And so Hitori kind of gets drugged into there, ends up performing in a box. <laughs> and uh, so she has her debut while playing in a box. But uh, we, again, what you're getting a sense is that there are people, these people are realizing very quickly. Hitori has a really big problem with speaking out and being open and being in front of people. She's very nervous and everything. But additionally, she really sucks at playing with other people because she's been playing by herself all the time. So she's not getting in with the rhythm of everybody else. So despite the fact of being very good at guitar, she just doesn't know how to play with others. 
eventually they do find the vocalist guitarist that ran away <laughs> end up finding out is that she ran away because she actually doesn't know how to play guitar so <laughs> Hitori's teaching her how to play guitar and that all leads to them you know working at the hall earning money so they can pay for tickets to perform on the stage and make a good debut this time Hitori not in the box <laughs> but your thoughts I'm Bochi the Rock I absolutely love this show. Um, the visuals on this show are absolutely stellar. Um, I think this is the probably the one thing that this show has by far is the visuals. I the 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 um, down to the attention to detail and in, in their movements, the uh, the character interactions. I mean, it, it, if if it wasn't for the fact that they're bright, you know, pink, yellow hair and all of that stuff, you would think that these were somehow uh mo capped in there i mean there's some fantastic animation in I think this show. Ro- uh rotoscoping chris we, yeah rotoscope oh, no. I, I mean it, it looks fantastic um there it, there is a lot of attention to detail highly uh sakuga all the way through a lot of these these shots that the last scene where nijika like leaves Hitori at the vending machine. Yeah. It's like, holy crap that looked like really good like, it, <laughs> it looked like an actual an actual natural like later kind of turn and walking and waving goodbye kind of thing. Yeah. Um the and and that that that's that's just the the visuals. I mean, the the character interactions, the 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 actual um Bochi is by far it's almost painful how much um her introversion is. I mean, it, it I I I like girl, relax. It's okay. People are going to be okay. <laughs> she's she it is it is hard to watch her her um her how much she just how defeatist and and maybe that's just kind of one of those um things where you can kind of um uh see yourself in that and 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 empathize empathize whatever the feel feel what she's going through type thing um empathize yeah empathize and in a lot of ways it, it it's one of those things that it it you can see that in in a lot of cases where she's she's just like I I pushed myself too far I I I, I got too ahead of myself I and and stuff like that and and you can see that Bochi I'm watching you oh no <laughs> it's all over <laughs> I I blame I blame the manager on that one that was a stupid way of putting that that's like somebody that's terrible at communicating and somebody that's terrible at taking things wrong yeah it, it, it and it's it's great i i really do love the the um the the mis- misunderstandings in a lot of cases the and and, and it, you can't say well they they need communication because the the problem is is they can't communicate and they're they're trying to get past that part so but yeah i love it i i think it looks great i i think the characters are great um and and i really really want to see where they go from here it, so yeah having a blast with it i highly agree, i highly agree on the idea of the the visuals it is it it's got like a very um almost i don't want to say simple but a much more simpler style than something like a kioani or something like that they're not going for like hyper detail with the characters and the roundness of everything it, it they're really kind of going for more simple style. The backdrops and everything look like it has a little more higher detail than the characters themselves, which um, works in some cases. But you can kind of argue that it's it's a little bit off, but it, it fits as you watch it, honestly. Um, but I will say, I agree. And there's a couple of aspects of it that make it so great. One, the attention to detail. Two, it's the actual 
perspective shots they do with the show is so fantastic like like i think it was in, like in the first or second episode they have this shot where they <laughs> tori like comes rushing out of this box towards uh nijika and ryo and they're on the other side of the room and it has like, almost like this fish eye view of the room itself as she's coming towards the camera and it's just it looks so good and they keep they do that throughout the entire series it's really great perspective shots of the series additionally you have like just the character animations themselves are very detailed and just very lively um like even from the very first moments when you had nijika dragging hitori to the venue they just they they add all these little simple details to their interaction that just just makes it like every time that nijika looks back to hitori hitori will quickly look away because again she's introvert so she's kind of in she's kind of unable to look at her in the eyes so she'll look away and they'll add like a little bit of detail with like a sound effect or something like that so it's always like this whole noise whenever she looks in a way it's just those little details that they gave to it just were fantastic and then yes you have pretty much every the artistic choices they make around Hitori's actual mental state in every single scene most the 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 other characters and stuff they usually keep to what their model is they keep to their style and everything every now and then you'll get a little bit of a goofy look from Ryo or something like that but for the most part they kind of keep to their design the artistic expression is always out of Hitori and everything that she experiences, or Bochi, whatever you want to call her, Bochi. Um, Bochi, whenever she has some sort of issue, it gets super crazy with the animation. So, like uh, this recent episode where they were out trying to take pictures and stuff, at some point she realizes what they're going to be doing and she suddenly freaks out, plops on the ground, and she turns into, like, I don't know, some weird zigzag art, <laughs> just like fresh out of some weird um, art gallery or something like that. And they're always like crazy with that stuff. And it kind of emphasizes what she's going through. So you're getting her emotion through the art style of her character. And I think with how they do that, at first I wasn't too sure if I was going to like it. But for the most part, it absolutely works. I mean, even when <laughs> they, they have the situation with uh, uh, Kita and she's talking with her and at some point she's just just adamant about the fact that she doesn't want to get involved so she rushes in front of kita as she's talking to somebody and she turns into like goofy little chibi character who's just shaking her head left and right in like absolute negativity (laughs) it's just it's super cute bochi bochi sells a show and it does make me wonder about the other characters and how they're going to progress them i think nijika's recent in the recent episode kind of sold me on the idea that they're going to do really well with the other characters as well like Rio is very quiet but they have this whole situation where she needs her help with writing the song and Rio is there to really kind of yes both manipulate a food out of her but at the same time <laughs> give her some solid advice and yes technically with Kita you got a lot into the idea that she was really trying to impress Rio who she really likes at the same time having difficulties in the idea that she's not good at being a guitar and she really is fighting to get that approval and again, Nijika and her struggles with her sister and trying to, you know, make the band work and everything like that. So it does feel like they're giving enough to each of the characters. But emotionally and development is all obviously solidly in Bochi and what she's trying to push herself to get better and better. And it, it is one of those ones where it's it's a good story of the idea of somebody who's an introvert struggling with getting out there. But additionally, always, always, always falling. But then at the same time, realizing she has to get up and try again. It is the ultimate it's the ultimate statement of fall and get back up again and try and try and try never giving up on the situation despite how difficult it really does seem. And again, I think the show is doing an incredible job of portraying that. 
she like I, what Chris said is like you feel so bad because like girl calm down you're gonna do this just calm down you're gonna do this and she's constantly in a state of she's not gonna she's not gonna make it um and it's it's fantastic it's it's been doing a great job cannot yeah. wait for more of it um it, to 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 compound on the whole um uh attention to detail um g- uh, the poster that said leaning- no no what was it no rock no life <laughs> clever works doing no game no life um one of the things that that I, I happened to notice it and and uh, I was I wanted to kind of poke in when Andrew was talking is things like the they 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 have um, I think it's neat neat uh, blondie she likes to take Nichika. Instagram uh, pictures and so she would she she she'll take a picture and and of course Bochi's involved in this but she's always off to the side and kind of looking just absolutely terrified of the picture is it, it and and this is and she likes to do instagram pictures so she's doing it a lot and so every time they're doing these pictures you see bochi off to the side kind of staring down kind of ha- has the blue face or something like that showing that she's very uncomfortable in this even though she these are the 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 girls who have kind of brought her out of this this spot uh, going with what andrew had mentioned earlier this um, her not 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 being able to take the the um, the initiative in trying to in, instigate these these social interactions. Instead, she was always waiting for somebody to come to her. It's stuff like that 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 is those little itty bitty t- tidbits that show her progression. While she is still in this kind of defeatist mentality, she's actually starting to slowly. Um, little itty bitty bits taking the initiative in a, in a lot of these cases and that's one of the things that like i said i love the attention to detail she's not in i mean she, they were doing the uh the concert uh tryout today or recently and and then right afterwards literally she uh was overwhelmed let's just say that um and what the the aftermath of that and it, it's it's stuff like that that what the damn yeah, the damn, <laughs> the, the very long damn montage. Um, but it, it's it's stuff like that 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 this character is not over it right away. It's little itty bitty baby steps, and I just love how they're they're going through the process of of slowly bringing her out of that. Yeah, I like the 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 songwriting aspect was was great. Not this, just the fact that she kept showing up with a sign that says "I apologize, I'm useless, and I didn't finish my work," but. Just the idea of her being herself was the important aspect, especially to Rio, because her previous group decided to go with the norm and she didn't like that. So it was kind of that push to her to make some extremely gloomy song. <laughs> I love the idea of the, uh, the, the gloomy song coming from a, a peppy, cheerful g- yeah. character. I just love that idea. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. If you're a huge fan of the series already, um, was really cool to to find out that in Slow Loop, which is another really fantastic series that everybody should check out, um, there's technically a same producer between the two. I think it's actually the publisher um, between the two shows. And so, like, in was it episode 11 or something like that? They had a school festival or some point or festival in Slow Loop, and on the stage was <laughs> this group was was uh, Cosa Capando. So. I was I, I thought that was an absolute treat. So, and Bochi was not in a box. So, spoiler apparently, right? <laughs> spoiler in in slow loop. But yeah, highly recommend it. Really fantastic. Clover work. Uh, just they just keep knocking it out of the park. So, 
Yep. More than a married couple, but not lovers. Or fufu, ijo, koi bito, miman. This one is streaming on Crunchyroll and for 12 episodes. Studio is Studio Mother. The source is a manga. Genre is comedy, drama, ecchi, romance. And this one takes place in Japan. So obviously, obviously, birth rates are really low. So, this, <laughs> I don't know if it's all the schools, but specifically this school that we are opening up in has this, apparently, this marriage uh, counseling kind of thing where, not counseling thing, but practice. And it was essentially, they pair up a bunch of uh, boys and girls together, and they will be a married couple that will live together in this, like, this little room that they have set up, which has, like, two bedrooms that you have to use your fingerprint to get into so that you can't sneak in the other person's bedroom. But they have to live in this room or this house and act like a married couple. And they'll actually get scored by it. And they have the sensor that senses what they're doing. And it gives them a score based on how interactive they are with each other and how much they act like an actual married couple. And they're supposed to, you know, get ranked on that. And if they – the kind of stick that they add into this whole thing that's important later on is that if you get to the highest rank – you can actually, with the permission of the other couple, you can actually swap couples, which, yes, insert joke of, wow, that's a really good way of of, of teaching children how to be couples is by swapping married couples. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, so we open up with a guy named Jiro uh, Yakuin, and he is a gamer, very much so to himself. He's not very good at socializing with other people. And he has a childhood friend, Shiori. And the two of them are kind of the same. Shiori has the same problem. She has difficulty in talking with strangers. But the two of them are very comfortable with each other because they've always known each other. Um, and so when this whole marriage thing comes up, they're like, oh, man, can't I really hope that I get Shiori and she's the same way. But as you expect, Jiro does not get with Shiori. He gets with this Gyaru Akari Watanabe who seems to hate him. <laughs> and Akari, she wanted to get with the prettiest boy in school, uh, Minami Tenjin. And as you would guess it, yes. The, the opposite happens. So this pretty boy gets with Shiori, the childhood friend. And again, Jiro gets with this Gyaru Akari Watanabe. So quickly established from Watanabe, she really badly wants him to shape up and them to act like a married couple because they got to get to that highest rank so they can swap and she can get with Minami Tenjin and obviously Jiro can get with Shiori. So it kind of forces the two of them to really act like a married couple. Doki Doki's happened. And it eventually gets to, as far as I've gotten. I didn't. I, I got to the point where they basically got into Shiori, who was his childhood friend, getting into their history, and then finding out that Shiori actually really does like Jiro. But unfortunately, his childhood friend and this pretty boy aren't working out. So despite the fact that Jiro and Akari are doing really well, they can't swap because <laughs> this pretty boy and Shiori are having a terrible experience together. And I'm sure they got into it later on. But I kind of fell off the show I'll, I'll i might get back to it. i don't know your thoughts i i have actually really come around on this one at, at the very beginning i didn't much care for the the kind of partner swap thing that they were going on about and i i do kind of like the concept in a weird way i've i've i, I kind of liked that with what was the 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 one where they they um they were partners and then, but he wanted to be with somebody else and all that stuff. Love so, and lies. Love and lies. So it, it, it's kind of a thing that I've been drawn into a couple of times. I kind of like the concept. 
And this one, I would have to say, probably does it the best so far. Chris desperately wants to fix the birth rate issues in Japan because yes. he wants his anime to stick around. <laughs> if we don't have birth rates in Japan, we don't have animators. Um, but the the funny thing about this is is that it does the the characters do kind of um, strangely work well together. And I don't know how to explain it better than in the last couple of episodes. Um, I have really come a lo- long way on the idea of Akari and, and, and Jiro kind of becoming a couple. And it's really weird. In, in this kind of um, the aspect of this show is that they're literally living together. And to get points, they have to do things that are considered domestic couple um, things. And in that process, you learn how um, how to um, properly take care of your par- partner, whoever that might be. And that is the interesting thing about this show. In the aspect of basically trying to take care of your partner, you get points. So your merito- uh, the, the meritocracy in this involved causes them to naturally be drawn to each other. Because if you're if you're basically a, a, a jerk to your partner, you're not going to do well and you're not going to like each other. And that is kind of this odd way that this kind of works, because by Akari uh, taking care of Jiro, um, Jiro is naturally drawn to Akari and vice versa. And this is the thing that is kind of um, plays out throughout the episodes. And that's, I think, one of the things that I do uh, like about this is that it's not that they want to like each other. They're just naturally drawn to each other because of the fact that they are the system's forcing them. The system them, is Chris. forcing them to that end sounds up terrible. liking each other. That sounds very <laughs> problematic, Chris. So you say they're forcing the children to like each other. That exactly. sounds that sounds problematic and shouldn't be allowed to be a story, Chris. But I'm, I'm sure do... I'm sure there's an article out there somewhere. Of how terrible I'm sure. This is. <laughs> And and that is one of the things that I do kind of like about this is that it's not not it's not a um, it is naturally um, causing them to enjoy each other's company in in an inadvertent way by them learning these small domestic um, patterns that could help them in the future. And so it's 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 an interesting kind of conundrum that this this story is causing, and I really like it, and I I, I love the exploring the the feelings that these characters are doing, um, and this natural frustration between the more the more I'm around this person, the more I'm liking them, but I don't I want to like this other person, so how how do I deal with these feelings? that I'm naturally uh, dealing with. So, yeah, I'm I'm actually really, really enjoying this. Um, I wasn't really expecting that I, I would like it as much as I did. So, yeah, loving it. I think that's the other really kind of struggling issue that the, this, not that it's a bad thing of the story, but it's just the issue over the overall concept is that like with Love and Lies is similar to this one is that, well, what if you, you're at a school and you do have feelings for somebody and you are a girlfriend or boyfriend with somebody and suddenly the system tells you to go with somebody else and it ruins your relationship that you have? It's like yeah. a counter – it's almost counterproductive and as that, a societal fix in this world when you basically have people tearing up relationships and being forced to relationship with somebody else. And that, and that, that, is, that is something that I do want to acknowledge. I don't know that I am going to like however the, the – 
previous relationships, however, they're going to end up ending is is going to be a frustrating part. I'm sure, and I'm going to be really upset about that. And that's but, and that's the the difficult thing is it's I don't really feel as if Akari and Jiro have the same issue they're dealing with because Akari wasn't Minami's boyfriend. They weren't right. boyfriend girlfriend, and it didn't really seem like they really knew much about each other. It was like sim- it was simply like, oh hey, it's it's the pretty boy again. I really like him. Hey, let's go out to karaoke. It wasn't like. It wasn't like Jiro and Shiori who've known each right. other for a long time. And literally at some point they both wanted to confess and they didn't. It is that it. So they're dealing with different issues. I, I feel like Akari, at least what I got from the first, I think four episodes or so was this idea of her realizing what real love is because she was drawn to Minami Tenjin, but it wasn't that she loved him. And I think she's experiencing what love is for the first time with Jiro um, whereas Jiro, again, is struggling with the fact that he has somebody he loves, but now he's being forced to love somebody else. Right. My, okay, my, my thoughts on the show. Um, unique style. I, I'm not, not against or for it. It's kind of okay. Um, it, it does have a high contrast point at the same time. It does have uh, subtleties to it as well. But I, I think my, my issue with the series that ultimately I wasn't really too, like, excited to go back and and get caught up um after four episodes or so i think it was four episodes like i said it was a point in which um shiori came by and took care of jiro and then akari got uh jealous of it the the problem i have with this show is the pacing sucks (laughs) like the pacing super sucks like early on it just feels like it's all over the place and characters are swapping back and forth whether they want to be proper couples or not and Akari goes from being an absolute B to being suddenly lovey-dovey, and it just, it feels so disjointed. One second, Akari's, you know, insulting Jiro, the next second, she's being lovey-dovey to him, and the next second, she is crying because he just left and she's upset about the situation. It just feels like the emotions are all over the place because of how the pacing is playing out the scenes. I think once it got into, like, you know, again, third or fourth episode, it felt like things started settling down. So I can see that things are kind of fixing going forward. But at first, just I didn't like the characters. Jiro was this, whoa, 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 the movie's in front of me kind of character. And I didn't like it. And then at the same time, Akari was just a B. <laughs> um, I, I just I don't feel like I've gotten a good sense of the characters, even within those first three or four episodes. The only thing I really got out of the whole series of episodes that I watched was kind of feel bad for Shiori. But at the same time, that's expected for these shows. No matter what, sure, you're, I'm sorry, you're not going to win because Akari is the is the is the cover art character. I, I just I'm, I'm immediately when I see childhood friend in a show like this, I go, I'm not going to care. I don't want to care because I know how it's ending. It's going to end with the Gyaru, with the main character, because obviously they're the two poster characters. Um, but, yeah, I it was kind of interesting in the idea that early on it felt like Toradora and the idea that these two have two couples, but they're kind of stuck with each other. So they're kind of working together in order to get the other side. But it was interesting to find out with the idea of, you know, the fact that the other side wasn't really doing well. And I had a little bit of concern there as the idea of like, well, what's happening with those two characters? And I'm sure it eventually gets into those two characters, but I don't know that there's, there's interesting points. This series, it's got a semi interesting concept, but overall I'm kind of very, very mixed on the show like i can't really say if it's good or bad at this moment it just it feels very i struggle with some i I struggle with certain concepts and at the same time i struggle with the presentation at the same time i see interesting concepts there so it's it's very much a, a mixed bag for me so 
Yeah, that's uh, more than a married couple, but not lovers. A uh, interesting show. Interesting. Let's move on to Chainsaw Man. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll, being done by Studio Mappa. The source is a manga. The genres are action, supernatural. Script work being done by Hiroshi Seko, who did Ajin, Jujutsu Kaisen, Banana Fish, Attack on Titan, and Summertime Render. So, pretty solid writer there. But yeah, this one, uh, I, I don't even know if I need... Do I need to do the sum- summary? Because I think, like, literally everybody's watched the show. I don't know Probably. that... <laughs> if you're out there and you actually didn't watch the show... Uh, essentially died and, and joined with his chainsaw puppy. Chainsaw puppy, yes. Chainsaw puppy. It essentially is a world where it's it's same time as our current times. It's in Japan. You have, essentially, the existence of what is known as uh, de- devils and also, technically, uh, fiends. But devils are essentially of different things. So you can have, a, as I joked about it, or mentioned at some point, Magima mentioned coffee devil. Uh, early on, you see like a tomato devil. Um, it just any object essentially can be a devil. But anyways, yes, it follows Denji, who essentially got the debt from his father for some Yakuza group. And so he's pretty much living every day, working his butt off, uh, being a recluse, and at the same time, Every now and then going out and killing devils for this Yakuza group so they can take the bodies and sell them, whatever. And at some point, he ends up getting double-crossed by the Yakuza group because they made some deal with the devil. And he gets killed alongside his, yes, devil puppy chainsaw um, pet named Pochita. And Pochita, kind of knowing that Denji kind of promised—at some point, Denji told Pochita, I want you to, you know, enjoy your life. If I die— you know, consume my body or whatever and live on. And so Pochita in return ends up just becoming his heart instead, reviving him, becoming his heart, and yes, giving him the power of the chainsaw. So he ends up pulling the string out of his chest where the heart is and be- and these big, huge chainsaw blades come out of his hands and his head and he just goes around and starts destroying everything. And then he ends up getting pulled into a government group that essentially their whole thing is to go out and kill devils. And he's pulled in by Makima, who sees potential in him, puts him in, like, this special group. Normally, <laughs> when they find devils, they kill him. But Denji's kind of special in the idea that he's half human, half demon, or devil. So they kind of pull him in and put him in the special group where, yes, you have Aki Hayakawa, who seems to be normal human. And then you have Power, who's a fiend, which is somebody who is... They're, the only thing that makes them distinct as a devil is that they have a head of some sort. And so she has these little horns, which basically make her a devil. She used to be a blood devil. And so, yeah, Power, Denji, and Hayakawa end up going out and killing devils and all that kind of stuff. I, but so far, what we really have is the introduction of all the characters. At some point, having Denji tricked by Power to go out to this bat devil. They kill the bat devil and um, all that kind of stuff. So, your thoughts? I only got a couple of episodes, or I don't even think I finished the second episode. It, it's it's fine. I I didn't expect that I would much care for it. I wanted I wanted to at least say that I watched or I tried it. I didn't really find anything that really kind of captured me. I mean, power is absolutely nuts. That's that's about the only thing I got out of the first couple of episodes. Is power is kind of funny, uh, <laughs> and if I watch it, it'd probably be because of power. But when it comes down to it, it's it. And she doesn't flush. And she does. I I heard about that. <laughs> um, it, the the concept is moderately interesting. I mean, it. I I was one. I I kind of wanted to see some kind of a faction set up. I mean, I guess we were got. 
I, I got the first in- introductions of that with the um, special um, protection force or whatever. So, it, I mean, I guess maybe it'll start to uh, play out and, 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 and build up from there. Um, but as it stands right now, I, I think it looks freaking crazy pretty good i mean i the Ooh, pretty they, good they hide it's right. there's there's the the every once in a while i would start to see a lot of the um the uh cg and but they blend it really well so it 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 does hide well but yeah um all, overall it it looks pretty good um for sure um outside of that eh, i i i'm i'm sure that the the story kind of picks up at some point i'm sure i think the <laughs> The 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 com the 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 factions around the CGI is so old at this point. I don't even care to talk about it anymore. Like yes, early on, I'm like I point out the fact that yes, it it looks really good. Mappa's doing a really good job of it. it they're going to use CGI, unfortunately, and if they're going to use CGI, they're doing a good job of hiding it. And it's just like you have the faction of people that just absolutely hate Chainsaw Man because oh my gosh, I cannot believe Mappa's using CGI. Then you have the people that are like apologetics to it like oh well most people don't realize that some of it's not even cgi and they're thinking it's cgi it's like i don't care anymore i want to get out of this conversation i think it looks fantastic visually and directing wise so many fantastic shots the backdrops everything just looks absolutely gorgeous they're doing a fantastic job of just putting together each shot um each shot is literally a wallpaper now, yes, I agree. I don't like whenever I do see Denji and it's obvious that he's CGI. It it looks awkward and it makes it, it, it just yuck. <laughs> just it's yuck. Um but it, putting that aside, a lot of the fight scenes are just just fantastic and they just take the manga to another level in the idea that most of the action scenes are significantly longer than the actual manga itself because I'm kind of going back and forth between the manga and the show itself. Um, Because I noticed early on that they cut an entire scene in the first episode. So I was kind of curious as to, uh, well, not the first episode, but the second episode. I was kind of curious to see if they were going to skip anything else. Uh, But they're actually adding to a lot of the combat sequence. I've I've seen one scene that was already added additionally beside the combat sequence. Um, But it's doing good. I think the the thing that I kind of came out from when I watched the show early on was that I was going, okay, it looks good. Aside from the CGI, the fight scenes were great. Um, I wasn't sure what was going to be the actual hook besides this is super awesome and violent because that's not enough for me. Super awesome, violent isn't enough for me. I was hoping for, and I kind of felt like I was getting that as I read a little bit into the manga, that I was going to get characters that were going to be the driving focus. And honestly, Denji early on was annoying the hell out of me. (laughs) It's like... He's a very simple-minded person, and they even outright pointed out. Denji himself points it out. Why do you always make... Everybody's looking down on me because my only focus is to grab a chest. He even himself acknowledges it. Even Hayakawa tells him to get out. Now he's going to end up dead. He needs. He's not here for the right purposes. Um, each character has a driving force they're kind of going for, and that was a little bit of a conflict with Denji being so simple-minded because, again, he came from not having anything. And so you you feel kind of bad for Dingy. He's come from a really terrible spot. Again, having to pretty much sell like body parts of himself just to get by. And so when he gets pulled into the situation, he now actually he has food, he's, he, that, which is much more than he's ever had. And so he's very simple in the idea that all you really have to do is feed this guy and he's suddenly going to follow you. And that's what Makima kind of sees. 
And I, I think that was that good starting point of being in the dirt and hopefully, again, seeing how Dingy grows over time. But every now and then I get, I get a little frustrated with him and how simple he is. But I'm already kind of seeing that growth. I'm already seeing that he's accepting what he is and kind of pushing back a little bit to other people. Um, again, Hayakawa and his his perspective of how he sees things, you obviously see that his family was taken out by devils, so he, he just absolutely hates. He's the revenge guy. I just want to kill all these devils. And so he's completely counter to Denji, who's just simply, I just want to eat. Power, again, being more, her kind of, so far it seems like she's kind of discovered, um, whereas before all she cared about was just consuming blood. She didn't really care about things around her. And then suddenly realizing she enjoys the warmth of something and that being kind of her driving force going forward. And again, technically getting a little attached to Denji. I'm seeing the characters and I'm seeing the chemistry already. And I think that chemistry and those characters will probably be what kind of drive me forward outside of it just being a simple action show. Now, additionally, in regards to like the factions and stuff like Chris was saying, I kind of see where they possibly could be going with this whole story. And it seems like it's based on the idea of devils are seemingly so far pretty simple. And yes, technically, some of them, based on what they are, are a little more stronger. And that's since I would assume bats, the bat one being decently strong because everybody doesn't like bats. This leech one being decently strong because everybody don't like leeches. Um, and again, with Denji's perspective, he's nobody likes chainsaws. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I was kind of curious at some point. What is it? What is it about chainsaws that typically unnerve people? It's the sound of it revving up. So I'm kind of curious if at some point they'll hit on this idea of Denji being more powerful the more he uses his ability because the revving sound is what kind of draws fear. If again that whole idea of the fear of the object itself is what makes it powerful. It'd be interesting to see if maybe him just revving it up makes him more stronger or something like that. But um, anyways, what I was getting into is it seems like they're setting up this idea that there is obviously devils present. This group kills the devils and you can assume that there's going to be more stronger devils out there. But doesn't it seems too simple. Obviously, it seems too simple. Devils. OK, fiends. All right. What else? What they're kind of seemingly kind of developing over time is, yes, there's the idea that they're for this organization. The organization wants them dead, technically, but they are the the dogs that they're training to fight back. Fire with fire. But they're also hinting at the idea of other countries using devils in war. So I'm assuming at some point you're going to have, you know, attacks or whatever from other countries using devils, dropping devils into Japan or something like that just to destroy them. And I think that's maybe where the direction they're going. But like I said, I don't I'm not craving for an over uh, or overarching plot quite yet, just because I think I'm getting enough so far with who is Makima and how does he manipulate? Why does power listen to Makima? She, she seems like she's super strong and Makima seems normal. What is Makima? Is she somehow a half demon or half devil? What is her ability? It seems like it's indicating that she's just very dis- very manipulative. Um, but what is her power? How does she control people? And why does everybody listen to her? And what Keck can kind of build into going forward? And again, this idea of the misfits group of fiends and half demons and devils and stuff like that. And con. So yeah. That's my thoughts on Chainsaw Man so far. But uh, yeah, check that out if that's... I mean, everybody's checking it out. So. <laughs> right. There you go. Anime of the year. Uh, it will probably be, no doubt, uh, no doubt, Chainsaw Man will be anime of the year for Crunchyroll. 
Um, it's the fall show, and everybody's already freaking out about it. So we'll see. Let's move on to Love Flops or Renai Flops. This one's streaming on High Dive, running for 12 episodes, being done by Studio Passione. The source is original. The genres are comedy, romance. The uh, director is Nobuyoshi Nagayama, who did My Girlfriend is Shobi, Are You Lost, Life Lessons, and Smile Down the Runway, Happy Sugar Life. Uh, the writer is Ryo Yasumoto, who did Steins Gate Zero script work. So there you go. Uh, this one opens up with a guy named Asahi Kashiwagi, who he wakes up one morning to his annoying alarm clock AI system thingamajiggy, uh, goes in the living room, makes his food, watches this news report. At some point, they have this fortune-telling segment, which he's like, I've never had a fortune-telling segment. And they point out specifically his birthday and say like a bunch of key words that they sh- he should look out for during the day um, for his fortune. And it's like staircase, dog, um, train and robot i think it was yeah robot and so he goes out and keeps running into different girls throughout his travels to school and they all kind of correlate with those key words so he goes down some stairs and then suddenly i don't know where this girl comes flying down the stairs and scissors him in the face <laughs> you have a robot showing up with some girl's bra uh and yeah a dog dog um a dog um on on one um, but it was a boy though, so it's okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, he ends up getting the school and then, oh yeah, kind of find out all these girls that he ran into. One of them is his teacher and the other are all transferred. They're all transfers from different countries, including the teacher. But yeah, they're all transfers to his specific class and everything. And then kind of find out even after that, he kind of tries to fix things up with each one of them because they all kind of got a bad first impression of him. And so he goes to each one of them and tries to explain things to them. And they all kind of agree with it. Then eventually he gets a love letter to go out to some tree. And this one girl, Aoi, shows up. And, oh, by the way, you're, he's he's got her pansu in his hand. Um, he thought it was a napkin. And then that kind of transitions to them all showing up at his house. That his father left him a message saying that, you know, one of these girls can be your boy, can be your bride or groom. And... Uh, you're living with all of them. And so he has to live with all these girls. And oh, by the way, his house has been upgraded, so they all have rooms and everything. And yeah, they all, for some reason, want to marry him. They all, they've all, they've all gone, came all the way over here just to marry him. And it kind of hints with each one of them as it goes to each one of them that they all have some brief glimpse of him in their past. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, The AI is behind it all. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> The AI is, is is doing it all and acting like her, the message was from the AI for sure. Anyways, your thoughts? I I I I think it's goofy fun. I it, it really is. I and when it comes down to it, I haven't seen anything deep per se. Just pretty much whatever excuse mm. to to get a goofy moment deep. in uh, with all these characters. Um, so far, pretty much, yeah, the Tango mask is probably about as crazy. <laughs> that was uh, the funniest part. <laughs> that was the funniest part. Um, but yeah, it 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 it's been relatively simple. Um, as far as just whatever kind of goofy hijinks that they can. I mean, a lot of the girls are very sweet, and 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 I I I can see a lot of their their moments. Each one of them having these kind of uh just soft uh uh see what i did there uh soft moments in in each one of them and so far they they're they're taking their time getting to each one of these characters it 
pretty much looking like they're doing a, a, a character per episode right now. We, having hit um, pretty much Sundere Girl and um, the bo- Boku. boy. Yeah, the Boku Boku. Um, Boku yeah. Boku. So, yeah, it, so far, I, I'm enjoying myself watching the show um, and can't wait to see where we go from here. Yeah, I, th- I think that was the the first episode was like hit and miss on the introductions and stuff. Again, the dog just I, I lost it with the dog <laughs> the dog. I lost it. Every one of the, the other ones, I kind was kind of funny in this idea that she like, again, scissors him in the face out of nowhere. Like somehow she gets this massive velocity off the staircase to scissor him. And then it turns this whole thing of he has this banana case inside of his pocket. So she freaks out about it. Um, that was kind of absurd. But for the most part, it was in, yes, technically him bumping into Aoi. Somehow her panties flew off when she ran into him and he picked them up. And again, he thought that they were napkin. So he's been holding on to this napkin. And then for some reason later on when he runs into Amelia with his robot stole her bra, he she, she gets dragged off by the robot. And so he picks up her bra. So she's, he's got like underwear in his pocket and he's just walking around school with a bunch of people's underwear. Um, that That stuff was kind of absurd. But I think it kind of turned very very normal after that like it, it was just very standard harem fair it wasn't until literally i amelia was cute this idea she wanted to learn kanji so that she can write you know the, the amla rice and to be able to write the language of the person that she loves that kind of thing and it's again already hinting at this idea that these girls for some reason know who he is or again maybe a possibility the ai just implanted the memories into their heads so they think that they love him um all that stuff that mystery behind the scenes is is kind of curious but it was kind of turning into your standard harem fair. And I wasn't sure if I was going to be, you know, is it, is it going to just just be another one or is it going to do something interesting? So those two routes that I really felt it could go, either, you know, um, outdo yourself, you know, get crazier and crazier with the harem stuff. And I almost felt like they did that with Ilya. <laughs> like that was absolutely absurd. But at the same time, or the other end is the idea of, of, you know, your expectations this is going to be a normal, etchy harem, but, oh, by the way, impactful, crazy story. And I kind of feel like it's trying to be in the middle of the two of them, which could work out, depending on how cool that twist is going to be. Again, my my thought process here is that this AI is going to be messing with all these kids and drawing them into one place and putting shenanigans into place that, you know, force him to have to interact with them and, and yes, etchy stuff happening. Or is it going to be dumb, etchy, dumb? Which, again, it works both ways for me. So I'm waiting for that moment that I do, I guess, see, okay, that's what you're doing. But I think until it gets there, it's kind of it's kind of flubbing it up. Like, it, it is one of those ones where if somebody starts watching the show, yes, they'll laugh at the dog scene. They'll laugh at the, you know, the fact that he's got a bunch of underwear in his pocket. But you're at some point, you get lost I think even with Amelia, as much as that was cute, it wasn't that great. And again, it wasn't until maybe Ilya where you're like, holy crap, this is just nuts. I cannot believe they're doing this. I don't know that it has staying power, and I don't think that it's it's giving that supplemented stuff before it gets the really good stuff, if it's got that there later on. I don't know. It being original, there's nothing really to go by here but just to wait and see what kind of comes out of the show. But um, that was a bad choice of words. Um, I'm waiting. I'm <laughs> just waiting for something cool to happen or just absurd comedy to happen. And like I said, Ilya's episode was hilarious. Uh, Amelia's episode was kind of cute. Um, so it, there's enough for me, but I think for most people, it, it might not. It might just be, oh gosh, this is another edgy harem. I don't care. Walk away. 
And I think that's kind of unfortunate that it didn't hit heavy and hard early on for all that stuff. So I'm just going to walk away. I hate that every word that I use, I think, could be take bad. Um, love <laughs> flops. Check that out if that's interesting to you. It's got a good art style. I love the character designs, too. They're super cute. Moving on, we have Urusei Yatsura. This one is streaming on High Dive, running for 23 episodes. It's scheduled to have uh, four cores with two, uh, actually a break after this first two. So we'll be running into winter. They'll take a break, and then they'll come back for two more cores, apparently. Uh, it's being done by Studio David Productions. Sources of manga. Genres are comedy, romance, sci-fi, supernatural. Director is Yasuhiro Kimura, who did Three Leaf Street Colors and JoJo's. And the creator, of course, is Rumiko Takahashi, who did Inuyasha, Rama One Half, and Maisen Ikaku. Now, the of course, the interesting thing behind this is this is like a 44-year-old manga. <laughs> so keep that in mind, first and foremost. Um, but yes, this 44-year-old manga opens up with a guy named Ataru, who is uh, kind of a sleazebag. Like, he's got this girl that he's interested in, Shinobu. Um, he's trying to get with her, but all the time, she's, like, fed up with him because... Every time they're hanging out, he's just looking at other girls. And yeah, sure enough, like right at the very beginning when she's yelling out about about this, he literally looks at another girl. Um, dude's not very faithful at all. And at some point, he gets confronted by his family and the government. And they are like, hey, dude, aliens are invading right now. And by the way, they've decided that they're going to have a competition with the humans. If the humans, if this one randomly selected person through this random computer system uh, can defeat them in this duel they'll just leave but if the humans lose they're going to invade the the earth and Ataru was randomly selected by this system so he's confronted by the the king of the aliens which is this oni looking guy and he's like yeah you're going to play a game of tag and it's going to be with my daughter Lum and Lum shows up and immediately Ataru's like in love which I don't know why he's never again after that. Right? <laughs> it's like he got the best he's, girl. He's, he's, he's got that stupid 44-year-old manga. He's got this 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 thing where he, he wants to be with every woman except for uh, uh, the one that he says that he wants to be with. And the, the, the girl who's like practically throwing herself on him, he doesn't want her. So Stupid 44-year-old manga. But no, so they, they have this competition. So it's like, I think it was like a week or something like that. He had to catch her, her or nine days, something like that. And so it's going like all the way to the very end. And like the last night, he's like, literally, I was going to be the hero that all the girls were going to be wanting to be on because I saved the earth. But now I think everybody's just going to hate me because I failed to save mankind. Uh, Shinoba gives him a little bit of a push by uh, push by saying, if you win tomorrow, which is the last day. I'll marry you. And so he's like super pumped up, jumps out there to the battlefield once again to have to capture Lum. And he's supposed to touch her horns. And he's just yelling about how he's going to do this. He's going to get married. He's going to get married and he's running around. And eventually he grabs her bra and, and uses that to kind of entice her, her top, use that to entice her. And then he's able to jump onto her and grab the horns and he wins while yelling, I'm going to get married. And so, yeah, Lum goes, all right, I'll marry you. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> so, yes, Lum decides to stay on Earth and try to and, and always, again, always thinking that Ataru is her husband and he's always running off trying to get with other girls and she super hates it. So that's kind of the kind of the deal early on. And then what they're kind of doing with this adaptation, apparently, from what I'm understanding, is that they're going to be going through. They're not going to adapt every single chapter of the manga. It seems like what they've decided with this readaptation, because um, it's been adapted once before, 
with this adaptation, what they're going to be doing is essentially early on hit all the main chapters where they're introducing characters. Um, so yes, that's pretty much what we've been dealing with. I think it's like pretty much half an episode is like one story arc or one chapter. And then the other half is another one. And it really felt like they were kind of going from like, yes, the first segment where Lum first gets introduced went straight into like this goofy shenanigans, the Shinobu, but then right into Sakura, right into Shutaro. And they're hitting again, every single one of these introductions of the main core characters. And I think apparently what they're going to be doing after that is they're going to be hitting like the most popular chapters beyond that. So we're still getting through all the, here is the introduction of these characters. So yeah, your thoughts. So far, I've been I've been enjoying it. I I, I absolutely love the the nostalgia kick that I, I I'm getting from the show. Um, at the same time, just enjoying just going through a lot of these characters. There there's there's something to be said um, that the old style of humor is is absolutely in 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 some ways it's dated, but at the same time, there's something that's refreshing to see a lot of that old humor. The the goofy hijinks of the um fall down grab the bra and and just going with it i i i love a lot of that humor the like and like we were talking about with ataru he's an absolute sleazebag but at the same time it causes a different type of um humor that you don't get in a lot of these shows like yeah it's like it's like this was the old style of how you handled ditherers like everybody hates ditherers now this is what we had back in the day it was just sleazebag (laughs) it was just person that wasn't indecisive it just made sense the idea that they're just a scumbag (laughs) yeah he just wants everybody it's not about whether or not he wants the one that that's throwing herself at it he wants everybody so it's it's one of those things that you love that that kind of goofy humor and it's it's a in in some ways it's the um a slightly more um in your face kind of humor that's just out there there's the slapstick that's involved with it with lum and her kind of electrical power and a lot of the other stuff of shinobu when she gets mad she's like throwing freaking uh tables everywhere that there's that absurdity in the just kind of goofy humor of these uh the 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 chemistry and i i love that it's 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 a humor that we while they people try to capture that 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 lightning in a lot of ways they mm-hmm. don't they don't quite get that it lum <laughs> yeah. lightning um they don't get it quite the way that they did back then and and so it's nice to have that that old style again um especially refreshed with the newer um art styles and stuff like that so love it um and i can't wait for more yeah presentation on this one is just so good like David Productions, I love you so much. You guys are doing so good with this. And, I, and again, it was something that we kind of experienced with things like Ushio and Tora and stuff, where it was like, you know, you knew that they wanted to keep that old manga style to it, but they kind of just gave it a little bit of extra flair to kind of update it to today's standards. And I, I think they managed to perfectly capture that old style, but modernize it in some way to make it really pop for the day's standards. And again, visually, it's just it's it's working out so well. Add into that just a fantastic cast of seiyus. Like, this this show is full of it. Like, we have Araraki's seiyu is Ataru. Um, we had um, Lily is Shinobu. We have, like, Shitaru is <laughs> the freaking... 
uh, the guy from Zombieland Saga. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe they got that. Say, I didn't notice it when they were first showing the cast and stuff like that. It wasn't until I actually heard him in the show. And I'm like, holy crap, they got that guy. It's like, it's so good. The ca- the Seiyus are just excellent. They chose, they chose, a, and she is pulling off Lum so well. That verbal tick with Lum, like the moment she popped up on screen, the first episode, I was like, I'm in love with her again. Like I'm in love with Lum the first couple seconds she's on the screen. And that's, that's a sign that they just pulled her off so well. Now the show itself, I, I, I struggle with a little bit of the, I guess the, I guess the conversation around Urusei Yatsura, because it's one of those ones where I openly admit to people that I can't tell you if you're going to like the show or not, because it's so deep rooted in me. Nostalgia. This show bleeds nostalgia. So even when I probably would figure the show is not really working, I'd probably still love it because I'm seeing these characters come to life again. And every time something goofy happens, I'm going to laugh more because I'm seeing my characters alive again. And it hits better than I can ever say. Now, I will say that, like, I think the whole segment with Lum trying to stop Shinobu and Ataru from talking on the phone and her basically creating a black hole in the in the area... Sakura's introduction was so, so well done. Like, that whole segment was so well done. And again, David Productions, for doing some crazy perspective shots and animation with that whole segment, was so well done. And like I said, I'm absolutely getting a huge kick out of Shitaro and his whole quirk about not being able to take the dark unless a cute girl's looking at him. <laughs> like, kept up covering up their eyes. And <laughs> he goes, oh, no. <laughs> it was so good. And again... I can't, it's hard for me to really kind of express how much I love these characters and how much I miss this story while at the same time going, I understand that you, there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to like it. It's a 44-year-old manga. And so, yes, it's kind of dated in the, the comedy. But it, again, it, it hits for a lot of us that really grew up with that comedy and really enjoyed that stuff. Now, granted, I wasn't there the moment it first came out or anything like that. I'm not that old. But it is technically a pretty darn old series. But I, I think it's it's weird that we have like almost this aspect of a lot of people coming back and being very hateful about Rumiko's Rumiko's style, and it's like it's not really Rumiko Takahashi's style. It's just it's it's old, and so it's it's kind of a thing of its time. And I I don't blame people for not enjoying it, but it's just it, it's working for me. Like it's it's working through and through for me. Again, I get a, I'm getting a huge la- amount of laughs out of it. I again I have a lot of nostalgia for the series, and I think. David Productions is just nailing it. They're nailing it with presentation, the art style, the character designs, the animation, the seiyus. They're all it, – it, it feels like I can feel the passion coming out of this. And I think that's I, – I haven't really looked into a lot of the – I'm pretty sure there's probably some um, interviews out there. But I would love to look at some interviews on these – the seiyus and the team that's working on it because I can see that a lot of people would probably have – the same nostalgia for the series. This is something that a lot of people probably grew up with that are working on this project. So I can't wait for more of it. I absolutely love it. It's just, yeah, it's working for me. So there you go. But again, I'm, I'm going to put the warning out there. It's, it's a nostalgia glasses. So keep that in mind. Uh, the little lies we all tell is our next one for Nin wa, Sore Zore Uso Wo Suku. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll. We're in for 11 episodes. The studio is Studio Flad. The source is a manga. The genres are comedy. 
This one opens up with a classroom, and we have four friends, and each one of them has a secret. We have uh, essentially Sikene, Sikene, who is pretty much the straight man in the comedy of this series. She is able to read other people's minds, technically an esper. But specifically, she can read minds, and so she's able to read the minds of these other girls and knows the secrets of the other ones, except for one, which we'll get into. Uh, one she knows about is Rika, who is actually a lolly car- colonel from an alien force. And then we have Chio, who is she was a ninja that was coming to the school to kill like the the the, pre- the principal, but then she decided to become a normal girl uh, because of a cute hat that she found. And then there's the last one, which Sekine can't read their mind, which is because the last one is Subasa, who is actually a boy. And she doesn't realize it, but she can only read the minds of girls. I don't know why she wouldn't have been able to figure that out by now, because literally she probably walks past other boys and never reads their minds. But it's fine. Whatever. Don't think too hard, Andrew. (laughs) It's a stupid comedy. Uh, But yeah, Subasa is there because his sister basically bullied him into going to her school for her. So because she wanted to go this. I think she wanted to go to this other school, which was somebody. But anyways, yeah, the four of them pretty much enjoying their school life while... Rika hides the fact that she is actually an alien and has to have bowel movements out of her ribbons, out of her head. Um, Shio constantly is doing ninja things and then hiding the fact that she's a ninja or trying to fight back against ninjas that come to assassinate her. And second A is reading everybody's mind and freaking out about it. And Subas is just there. So your thoughts? I don't know. I, did, I don't either. This is, this is, this is one <laughs> of those things. great. <laughs> Me and Andrew um, talked about this the other night, and 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 I I absolutely the the jokes are absolutely for me they're hit and miss. One 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 uh, one comedy routine will absolutely hit. Well, will pretty much hit, and the other one will just be okay. Can we move on to another joke now? Um, it's it's one of those that. Every once in a while, I find I find Chio's kind of comedy of this um, dealing with uh, being a ninja, but at the same time, she quit being a ninja because she uh, likes cute things. That was funny a couple times. Um, Sakine is absolutely completely hit and miss for me, and, and this is one of those really big problems with these kinds of shows. Your straight man has to has to if you're going to have a straight man, the straight man has to pull it off. And Sakine does not pull it off for me in a, in a, in just about any situation. Um, I did get kind of a kick out of the whole um, suddenly she could uh, read uh, a certain character's mind um, because of other reasons. I thought that was kind of funny for a second. But outside of that, the more more than anything second aid does not work for me subasa i found a couple of funny things in in the the idea of trying to fit in with the kind of girl thing um and then finally rika i think rika is probably um the funniest because her situations are the most absurd um but all in all it's very hit and miss for me sometimes i i'm i'm having myself a, a little bit of fun watching the show other times i'm pretty much waiting for whenever the next joke is going to come so yeah um overall i'm warm on it i i'll probably keep watching it but all in all it's just there i'm just always waiting for rika to get back on the screen that's uh, <laughs> literally i i think i 
I might I don't I mean I might be forgetting something, but I think literally the only time I ever enjoy this show is when Rika is doing something and it's focused on her, whether it's her realizing that or thinking that one of the three of them is a mole and she's trying to figure out which one it is or her changing the entire planet into pigs just to resolve an issue with um uh, sickening not getting an extra <laughs> an extra thing on her plate i it's or yes technically her having to pass gas and killing a ninja that's literally been the only part that I've enjoyed about the show. It's just the absurdity of this lolly alien and her hiding her identity and doing crazy things that, yes, Second A kind of plays off of because she can read her mind. But I I, I, I think my biggest issue with Second A is I love her Seiyu. Like, she does, like, Ochiko from um, um, My Hero Academia. I love her voice. I love the Seiyu. But I really don't like her in excited over-exaggeration mode. Like, I, her voice grates on me so bad. And I think that's partly why I just can't take her. Um, but again, it doesn't really do the... There's a couple points where she does the straight man stuff really good. Like, the whole situation with Rika, uh, again, trying to find a mole. It was really funny hearing Second Age going, holy crap, she's literally going to take us out. And everybody thinks it's a toy gun. And what am I going to do in order to, to cover up the fact that I'm here? Um, that was really funny. Chio... Shrug. I don't even know why she's in the room. Subasa, for the most part, shrug. I don't even know why he's in the room. Um, so it really comes down to just Rika and Se- Sekine reacting to Rika. That's been the only enjoyment I've gotten out of the series, and it's really kind of unfortunate. So I don't know if if any. The, the, I, I, it's one of those things. Comedy is subjective. So if the, the the quirk there sounds interesting to you, that's the thing that's going to tell. Go check it out or not. But that's just my perspective. And if people you know agree with my taste, then Take that and go with it, but that's the little lies we all tell. I don't know. It exists. Check it out if you want. Moving on, we have To Your Eternity Season 2, or Fumetsu no Anata, eh? Second season. This is streaming on Crunchyroll, going for 20 episodes. The studio is Drive, which has replaced Brainsbase, who did the first season for it. The source is a manga, the genres are adventure, supernatural, drama, shonen. And the creator of this one, of course, is Yoshitoki Oima, who did Silent Voice, the original manga. So, uh, But yeah, this one opens up in the original first season with this kind of being, this little petal that eventually, whenever it touches something and is kind of impacted by something in some way, it can then transform into that when it dies. So early on, this wolf comes by and dies on top of this pebble and it turns into the, the, the wolf itself. It goes back to where the the dog's owner is which is this guy named fushi or they call him fushi um which is this boy and eventually that boy passes away and is able to turn into the boy and that kind of continues on as it travels around now the kind of idea the grander story behind this whole thing is that this being that was placed upon this world was created by this beholder and the beholder is this cloud being that shows up every now and then to inform this being of what its goal is, which is to fight against these other creatures that were created by other kind of um, eternal beings called knockers. And these knockers will just show up and are trying to take out Fushi, what they call him Fushi later on. And the way that it kind of seems like it's taking out Fushi is that whenever they pierce Fushi, it's able to take away different forms of people that he's, you know, impacted with. So what that kind of turns into is this being is traveling around, experiencing humans that are in the world itself, and then over time 
experiencing the tragedies that humans face and then, again, being impacted by those people, carrying on their legacy as the fact that he's able to carry on their forms. And that kind of continued all the way through the first season as eventually he ends up getting thrown onto some prison island. The prison island gets attacked by a bunch of these knockers. He also has an encounter with this lady named Hayase who ends up creating like this religion around Fushi and is obsessed with the idea of, of you know, carrying this immortal being's child. And that transitions in the second season where we get like a huge time jump and Fushi has been spending like 40 years out on some remote island trying to get away from humans um, because he's tired of seeing the tragedies that befall the humans because he's near them and the knockers attack him and they end up killing the humans. So he feels like if I can stay away from all the humans, they won't be harmed. He won't, you know, grow to like people and then lose them. And so he feels that's the best way for him to avoid for a future pain. But unfortunately, as he's out there, eventually he comes, you know, the beholder approaches him once again and says, just to let you know, the knockers are just randomly attacking different villages. And yes, I know you're out here, but it's not changing anything. So you might want to go back and take out those knockers. So this kind of forces him to have to once again go out to civilizations and try to stop the knockers from killing them. What he ends up quickly running into is this girl named Hisame, who is actually like the granddaughter of Hayase, this lady that created this religion. And Hisame let, kind of lets him know that, yeah, through my, my grandmother, they created this group called the Guardians. And the Guardians' sole focus is to both, you know, worship Fushi as this immortal being or and additionally to help him in taking out these knockers. So you kind of get this past villain becomes technically the core of trying to help Fushi because he kind of impacted her in some way. Um, so this kind of turns into him trying to figure out some way of gathering knowledge and um, aid in order to fight back against the knockers. So we get quite a bit of a time skimp over time where Hisame eventually grows old. She has children. Those children take on the legacy left behind by Hayase all to again, support Fushi in his role. So, yeah, at the same time, uh, one aspect that the knockers can do is that if they pierce a human, they can actually infect them with, like, this core that will then take over their bodies. Hayase, this one that created this religion, she was infected by one of them, was able to essentially control it, stop it from infecting her and taking over her. And that thing has been passed on to the generations as well. So Hayase is still technically around, but not really around. Um, which bugs me because I really hated Hayase's character a lot. But no, this season so far, um, I'm mixed. I'm very mixed. Obviously, my original draw to Two Year Eternity was the writer, um, Hoshitoki Oima. I really loved A Silent Voice, so I ended up jumping right into Two Year Eternity when it was announced because I, I loved A Silent Voice so much. And honestly, I read through the manga quite all the way to pretty much towards the end of what they covered in the first season. And it, it, I kind of was falling out of love with the series. And I'm still kind of getting that feeling, mainly because I, the original core concept of To Your Eternity was interesting. It's the idea of something that doesn't know anything, slowly learning things, learning emotions, learning human nature, learning the aspects that drive people, their jealousy, their selfishness, their selflessness, Learning experiences of humankind through humans themselves, and, and additionally some beasts as well. But 
over time that kind of gets lost because at some point you've seen it. <laughs> we introduce cute character. Cute character has this driving force. Cute character dies. Okay, move on to the next one. Here's this character. You see the driving force. Character dies. Move on. And it keeps doing that over and over again. And what kind of gets instilled upon Fushi is this idea that I don't want to hurt anymore. I've experienced this. I don't want to experience it anymore. He's immortal. Everybody else is not. And thus, he's going to see loss over and over again. And it gets to this point where he really drives himself away, but yet gets pulled back into it. And that leads into, again, that later arc of the first season where it just really lost me. It was about this crazy chick, her creating this cult, and it was just, it didn't work in the manga, it didn't work in the anime. So my expectations for the second season was both, I kind of was hoping it would steer back into a good route and away from what was kind of frustrating me. And I think it's sort of doing that. It's presenting a bigger, grander story than just introduce character and let character die so that Fushi cries again. And what they're doing instead is trying to make it more global. And this idea that the knockers are everywhere and he has to get allies to fight back against them. And so it's getting into a kingdom that could possibly back Fushi. It's getting into the church that no longer wants Fushi to exist because we knew that was eventually going to happen. A surprise it took this long to have a church build around trying to take him out. But the, the reason why this is able to exist, obviously, is because you have such a long time of uh, span, a long period of time that has been sort of skipped. Again, 40 years when he was sent out to the island, and then you still have like multiple generations happening beyond then where information about Fushi's existence is being passed on. And again, this guardian group is creating a religious figure through him, and that's obviously going to upset the church. Now, this is where I'm kind of mixed, again, because it feels like it's trying to speed up and progress time so much so that things can build up and nations and factions can build up around him as a concept. So it feels disjointed and it's jumping all over the place, but at the same time, it makes sense that they need to get the stuff established as fast as possible. That requires time to do that. So you just basically have Fushi shows up again, wants to take out the knockers, wants to find out a way to do it. And oh, by the way, I'm going to stay inside of an inn for <laughs> several generations and learning about stuff. And then suddenly another generation of of Hisa Has uh, Hayase's family comes up and, and greets him again. But I, I do like that it's changing what it's doing. I do like that this writer is trying to get into something besides just introduce character and have character die and he can now transform into them. But at the same time, it's not quite giving me a hook that I'm interested in quite yet. And even with this last episode, it sort of bugs me in the idea that it's presenting the idea that, okay, I'm going to try one more time, but if I lose, I'm, I'm done. And it's like, stop this. Like, at some point, I'm 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 getting tired of the Fushi. I don't want to fight this, but I'm going to fight it. And if I lose people, I'm going to get I'm going to get sad again. Um, it is I'm I don't really feel like Fushi has really changed, in probably in 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 form of the adaptation, to a core at least a core. It doesn't feel like he's changed at all ever since um, way back with what was his name, uh, Gugu. I don't feel like he's changed at all. And, I, and that that's that part is kind of frustrating me. But again, I'm interested to see what, what she's going with this whole story. It it it's, it's got a little bit of intrigue in there, but at the same time, it's going to take a lot for this series to really turn around for me and really grab me again because it does have potential. And I think this writer's really good at human emotion. It's just sometimes I feel like she gets a little bit stuck in trying to make a 
try to make it into something more than that. So, but we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. Arknights, Prelude to Dawn is our next one. Ark, Arknights, Reime Zinzo. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll, only going for eight episodes. Being done by studio Yostar Pictures. The source is a mobile game. The genres are action fantasy. And yeah, this one, um, for those that don't know, based on a mobile game, Arknights, essentially opens up with this doctor being woken up from a cryosleep uh, by this group known as Rhodes Island. Uh, come to find out in the overall story itself is that mankind has discovered this new resource known as origanium. And this origanium <laughs> is something that kind of sources a lot of things that advanced the, the civilization itself, um, giving the use of things like arts, which is like magic, essentially. Each person, when they use this resource, produces different types of magic, like healing or fire or whatever. Um, and at some point, they discovered that this resource is great and everything but it's causing this disease known as oropathy and oropathy is essentially where a person's body will slowly over time crystallize and then they will die and the crystal will shatter create this dust that can then spread this disease around and this government upon realizing this disease existed sort of used the media to kind of make anybody that had this disease seem like you need to get away from them, like really instilled fear upon the public about this disease. So um, anybody that gets the disease gets quarantined and seen as something that is shouldn't be existing in society. And that kind of gave rise to this group known as Reunion, which is people that are infected by this disease that are fighting back and doing a lot of terrorism. So at the same time, since the government doesn't want to do anything about it because they're just kind of letting havoc occur because the reunion, whether they don't have the resources to fight back or they just want to let it kind of work itself out, um, groups are being formed in order to kind of create balance and, and help people, which is Rhodes Island, which, again, is headed currently by this girl named Amia. They're, again, waking up this doctor. The doctor apparently was one of their lead researchers trying to find a cure for this disease. So they wake him up and try to get him out of this facility, kind of get a perspective of how crazy things are going on in the surface before they have to save some um, civilians against the, uh, from the Rhode Island, Rhode Island, the reunion, and then eventually trying to get back to their base. So they end up running in some of the uh, commanders of the reunions, which end up being some very special individuals. <laughs> but yeah. And then I get the second episode, they kind of end with this person that uses arts with this big flaming fireball that pretty much almost takes everybody out. So have you got a chance to watch this? No, I didn't. It didn't. I just just what I came in and glimpsed on your TV. It looked really good. Yeah, this show looks really, really good. Like really good. I've obviously always wanted to check out Arc Knights. Arc Knights just based on the idea that I love the character designs. They got the big jacket thing going on. They have animal girls, big jackets, guns, and animal girls. What what else do you want (laughs) before Andrew's like I'm I'm interested? But yes, as usual, I'm I'm just not into playing another gotcha game or game in general. So I I never checked it out. Plus, it was a it was a tower defense game, wasn't it? Was it? I think it was a tower defense game. Ooh, that, I've never that, liked that tower defense games. That makes me want to watch it or play it. That's why I thought you played it at some point. Um, I think it's tower defense. Either way, if it's tower defense or not, I know there's a lot of comments going, it's not tower defense you can play it. No, <laughs> either way, I, I'm just not not that interested in it. Um, just mainly on the idea that I'm, I already have way too much stuff as it is. So I may have tried it at one point. I don't know. But I no, it, 
but I, I was drawn based on the character designs. And I think this adaptation is nailing the character design. It's nailing the aesthetic. It's nailing all that stuff. It looks so gorgeous. And it makes me want to play the game <laughs> because of that. But no, that aside, the fact that it's based on a mobile game, that aside, I really do love what I've been presented with so far. I think the only like real sticking point I think that some people could have, it's not that big of a bother to me because of how they're doing it, is yes, you having this quote-unquote main character doctor who just doesn't seem like they're even there <laughs> they they've lost their memory and the, everybody wants him to command them and he's not and they kind of just skip over it it doesn't bother me personally because i like the fact that so much of the focus is actually on the characters around the doctor amia her struggles with wanting to save everybody but yet having the mission at hand that she has to focus on doberman being sort of the opposite to amia in the idea that she wants to push amia to focus on the mission at hand and unfortunately and not that she i don't think that she wants to but knowing that this is the purpose that we need to focus on and we can't save everybody ace kind of being the middle ground there um it's, it's fantastic character so far and Neural, when Neural showed up, I was like, gosh, I really want to play this game. <laughs> Neural is like the shielder girl. She is absolutely fantastic. Gives a little bit more perspective to Doctor and the idea of somebody, you know, losing their memories and focusing on the current and to the future. And yes, a lot of world building they're doing with this story that really does fascinate me. The idea of the the resource, the disease itself, the government and what they've kind of pushed people into this conflict with and yet not wanting to do anything to actually resolve the issue. So it's kind of really it's it's doing everything that I want. Um, visually, directing, the story, everything is really fantastic, and I, I give a lot of credit to just the style itself, outside of the character designs and stuff like that. Just the perspective shots, the filters, the visual um, style they're giving each of the scenes. Um, like for example, this opening sequence is the Doctor waking up from cryosleep. And so it's a perspective of them laying on the the table, looking up at Amia, and she's looking down on him. And they have this whole conversation happening while the doctor's looking up. And then that kind of proceeding to other scenes where most every scene where you have characters are kind of just talking, you don't just have a shot of a character's face and the mouth is flapping. Instead, you have a lot of different changing angles of them standing there, um, angles from their legs or looking up from the ground. The, the perspective shots are really fantastic in the series. Um, yes, you can say some of it's male gazy, but it's just it's just really good art uh, artistic choice for a lot of these shots, and I really do love it. Um, I can't say enough visually; it's amazing. Um, but yeah, music, the ambience, everything presentation wise is good, and the story so far is interesting. It's not doing anything that's bugging me. Um, it's it's doing really well to explain what's happening. Yes, you're kind of getting perspective of doctor, and they're having to explain it to the doctor. It's doing really well building the world itself while just having these in-between moments of them having to get to one location to the other or fight back against somebody. So it's really good. I really do love it. I think my only misgiving that I have is it's only eight episodes. And so I don't think we're going to get very far in the story itself. Um, so we'll have to wait to see. I will say <laughs> I made a first impressions video and put it up on YouTube. And my gosh, the Ark Knights fans. The Arknights fans are very passionate. I, I got like I already within like 24 hours, I got like 100 comments and it was like, just just play the game. Just play the game. Just play the game. Uh, let me tell you about the whole story. Just play the game. Um, it's not a, it's not a self-insert character. Doctor's not the main character. So, so to let you guys don't know, the Doctor isn't the focus. The other characters are. 
Um, the story's really, really good. The music's amazing. Um, play the game and um, what was the other ones? Uh, it's not. It's not. This is not a uh, advertisement for the game. So apparently, the game has been or this anime has been adapted purely because they just wanted to make it for the fans. And which I I will say, it feels like there's passion in this. Again, they're they're putting so much effort into it, but it's still an advertisement. They still want people to play the game. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to more. I, I, I just hope that it has a really solid end to this. And, yeah, I would even argue I would love if they just keep adapting. Like, if they keep this style and this this quality, adapt the whole story. Because, yeah, from what a lot of people are saying, it's the other thing. The story is really good. So, apparently the story is really good, Chris. <laughs> I've I've heard from like 90 people the story's really good um which is uh, which is expected uh, there's a lot of mobile games out there that are not the sum of just being a mobile game and there's a lot of really creative writers they get on a lot of these these mobile games I mean Fake Go is a prime example people that play Fake Go know the story's really good um and that's obviously apparently the case with Ark Knight so there you go fantastic fantastic show so far really looking forward to more of it i might actually watch this on a weekly basis because it seemed like a lot of people really enjoy my video so um and i'm enjoying it so if there's something to talk about in the next coming episodes i'll still i'll still cover it as it goes along so it's only eight episodes so <laughs> we're already a quarter through it uh there you go it's arc night prelude to dawn oh the op is fantastic by the way uh riona oh my gosh that easily became i think I think my maybe my first like it, it's Chainsaw Man, uh, Urusei Yatsura, and this one. I almost want to say this one took my first pick of the season for OPs. Such a good OP! Oh my gosh, Her, so much that he forced it onto the, the playlist. <laughs> oh yeah, forced it onto this our Spotify Otaku Spirit Picks playlist. Um, yeah, that that's that good. I mean, it was definitely a great different take from Riona. Like she. I think she got kind of stuck in Sword Art Online. Um, Shadow House kind of pulled her away from that style, and she was trying new things out with Shadow House, but this just felt so good and so different. I really love it. So, yeah, it's good. It's good. And the visuals on it was really fantastic. Anyways, moving on. Ken Kali. There's another mobile game. Well, browser game. Uh, did they ever make a mobile game of it? I think it's always been a browser game. That's why it kind of was not very easy to get a hold of over here. But yeah, another uh, game. Adaptation. I did try this. Kenkali. Did you do, go through all those loops to get in the browser version of it? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. I, well, I, people got it pretty streamlined at some point, I think. So maybe. Um, I've heard it was very back addictive. when I did it. It wasn't all that streamlined. I heard it was very addictive of a game. That's for sure. Uh, but no, Kenkali. See you again on another quiet blue sea. I still don't believe this exists. Where is it? It doesn't. Uh, Kankali Itsuka Ano Ume Omi Umi Day. This one's streaming on Crunchyroll, running for eight episodes. We finally got the first episode of it, like literally a couple days ago. Oh, is that why I didn't see it? Um, Dean done by Studio Engi. Zamazar Action Sci Fi Slice of Life. Now, first of all, you can watch the show without watching the first season because it's not it so far it doesn't seem like a sequel it actually seems like a prequel because i think it jumps back in time um but no it's kind of a, a struggle for me in that that point like I, on one end i'm happy because the main character is shigure and shigure is easily one of my favorite character designs in the original Kankali. yes i love um kongo but that was because the anime made me fall in love with kongo 
because Congo Des. But this one I love because Shigeru is easily on my is enough that I even before I knew who she was, I just bought a figure of her because I loved her design so much. But no, um, yeah, that's the struggle that I have here is it's not technically a second season to Ken Kali, even though it is another season of it, just based on the idea that it doesn't continue with the nasty cliffhanger that we got from the first season. Like, we still don't even know what happened after the end of the first season, which was nasty. Um, but yeah, after, what, eight years now? Yes, no, seven, because I think it was 2015 was the first season. We finally got more Ken Kali, and it's not even the same characters. Instead, we kind of open for those that to get an idea what Ken Kali is, is essentially ship girls. So in this world, girls can like put on different like battleship type attachments to their body and they ski around on the water and they are essentially this world's battleships. So each of these different very famous battleships from history have are now cute girls. So yes, this ship Shiguri is this cute girl that slides around like roller skates on the water and shoots cannons. Um, so they have destroyers and they have carriers and all these different types of different girls. And that was the concept in the game itself is that you're quote unquote building the girls and then you send them out on missions and they fight against these abysses, which are kind of evil ships and submarines that are fighting back against them. But yeah, opening up this season in particular, we follow Shiguri, who is it's Here's where I'm already getting my problem. From what I'm assuming, based on how terribly it was told at the very beginning, it seems as if Shiguri went on these missions with these other girls. They all got taken out, and so she was the only survivor. And then she got basically shipped off to join the group of misfits, basically. It's like this this group of all the worst ships and performers are all put on one team because they are essentially disposable. And so they get put on a mission to essentially go out and lure the abysses away from this one key target so that the other teams can go in and destroy it. So they're a suicide squad, basically. We're, we're producing a suicide squad. And they quickly realize that as they get their first mission to be a distraction. And so Shigure, they have this little kind of meeting where everybody, especially with one particular ship, they really don't like Shigure because, again, she's technically a failure. She's seen as a failure and that she lost her entire team. Um, there's a little bit of a conflict that happens there. But eventually, again, they realize we're going to die. Um, we get a little bit of a sense from one of the characters. We have these two sisters, which is Fusuo and Yamashiro. One of them is very, conf- uh, very, very mean, but seem- seemingly kind of a little bit sundere in there. The other one's very kind of doty and very calm and very loving and naturing. I don't remember which one's which one. I think Fuso was the one that was calm and, and, and loving. Um, so I'm going to say Fuso. Fuso basically flagged the hell out of herself in the first episode because the entire episode or like half of the episode is her essentially telling Shigure, take care of my sister. Take care of the team. When we go out there, just make sure to protect everybody. Take care of them, which basically is saying, Shigure, I'm going to do something selfless, probably die, and I need you to run off with everybody else. So, yeah, half the episode is Shigure seemingly have lost her old team, getting introduced to her new team, finding out that they have a suicide mission. And the other half is basically let's flag this one sister to death because she's probably dying in the next episode. So we'll see. I don't know. It was kind of one of those ones where coming into this again, my draw is that Shigure which I really like her character design. Um, the, it, it, but it sort of kind of grabbed me a little bit in the idea that it's kind of setting them up to be, again, a suicide squad. And I'm kind of curious as to 
yes, on one end, Chris is probably not going to watch it because of that, but I'm kind of curious how they're going to handle what seems like a setup for loss. Will it be as simple as, yes, that sister's going to die, and then they all survive, and they're all upset because sister died after flagging the hell out of her? Or is it going to be one of those flag the heck out of them, but it doesn't turn out that way, which would more surprise me? We'll see. I wonder if they'll get into the uh, what kind of they hinted at in the the original, uh, using this as a way to get into the where the abyss are coming from and all that stuff. Yeah, which is again what they hinted at, at the end of the first season, right. and they never answered because <laughs> the second season never came, and it ended up being this. Uh, but I mean, that could be what they're doing is telling this story in order to introduce that concept, so that when they get back into that the first season story it's explained maybe that's what it how it explains it is this story i don't know i've never got into the ken Colley story so i don't know how it all plays out so or if the ken Colley game even has a story <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> like does it have characters popping up on the screen and talking i don't know but yeah we'll, we'll see um but um, jokes on y'all. This show never aired. It's never going to air. I just yeah. Made all I'm that still. Up. <laughs> I, I I I did not see this come up on my Crunchyroll feeds. Maybe so I, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I actually believe that Andrew actually watched this. Maybe it's I, all in his head. Maybe I tripped and fell on like some fan uh, made animation because they probably could have made a fan animation in the time it took them to get this series out. Um, visually, the normal slice of life kind of outside of the combat stuff looks decent and good in some in some shots. The animation on the water is woof, is real woof, real, ugh. <laughs> real. Ugh. I that was a weird thing. At some point when they were going to go out to, uh, they they showed the other ships going out on the the point of target. So they seen the they seen the other ships out, and then they were they went to rest so they can go out the next day and draw the um, diversion. They showed like some humongous ships out on the water. Did they ever have like ships that were super sized? Girls, Yamato is like physically huge. Like your f- the person's foot is the size of somebody else's height. I never noticed that with any of the artwork and stuff I of the series, any. but they seem to imply that some of these girls are literally, huh? Like, well, I and and the funny thing is, I never, I don't remember ever actually seeing Yamato with another character next to her. Um, but I know all the ones in the original first season; they were all like human size congo is supposed to be massive yeah they're all human size like their their ship attachments are like wide and huge but Mm -hmm. they weren't like again size the size of skyscrapers (laughs) and again i don't know if that's maybe they just screwed up the animation or if they were implying well one of the girls even says that one's huge like she's huge so i don't know i'll have to look into that i meant to look into that beforehand but i'm like holy crap some of these girls are literally the size of like the eiffel tower or even larger so we'll see we'll see but yeah this doesn't exist Uh, i just i just accidentally ran into a a youtube video uh speaking of youtube uh my life after i became a dummy head mike one morning or aru asa dummy head mike ni nate ta ore kun no jinsei this one's streaming on again youtube i don't know why i have crunchy on there i I didn't change i didn't change any other stuff um but yeah, like I said, this one is technically streaming on YouTube on their YouTube channel. You can find the link if you go to anychart.net and look for the show. There's a link to it. Um, you can technically use closed captions and then auto translate it to English, but it's half the time doesn't even work. I would I would probably say 99% of the time it doesn't work, actually. 
Uh, so I ended up watching this show on YouTube so I can get the full experience on my iPad with some earphones. Did they pull it off and, this time? Um, get into that. And then I ended up watching it um, later on with a torrent to see actual translations. It, most of it's pretty understandable. It's very basic Japanese here. So if you've been list- watching anime for a long time, you might even be able to just watch it raw. But yeah. So, so, so for those who don't know, my life after I became a dummyhead Mike one morning is from the same group, studio, whatever, that did Can I Make Your Ears Happy in 180 Seconds? Um, for those that don't know what this whole concept is, is this is essentially an ASMR anime, which is ASMR is, you know, doing things and whispers and stuff and noises very close and inside of earphones so that you get the sensation in the back of your neck. Never been into ASMR. Let me be perfectly clear. I never got it, never understood it. And at that, I really don't get ASMR Japanese because apparently a lot of emphasis in ASMR for Japanese is ear cleaning because ear cleaning is a thing in Japan due to just the anatomy of most Japanese people. They get a lot of flakes and they have to clear it out. So there's a lot of ear cleaning in Japan. So my draw to both 180 seconds and this one is just more on the idea. It's just a weird idea and a weird concept. And yes, technically having some of your favorite seiyus whispering in your ears, kind of interesting. Why not? Don't judge me. So I watched 180 seconds really a lot for, they had a really good cast of characters, a lot of seiyus that I really do like. Um, they even had, I think, uh, the girl from Kaguya-sama Love is War was in that one. But this one was, again, their their second take on it. The problem that 180 Seconds had, and yes, additionally, my life as when I after I became a dummyhead microphone one morning has the same problem with, is they don't utilize the dummyhead mic at all. <laughs> okay, so for to give people an idea, the dummyhead microphone is this dummy head. It's like this little foam head, and it has a microphone on one ear and a microphone on the other ear. And the idea is that you're going to record stereo sound from two different angles. And so when you put on headphones or whatever, it almost sounds as if somebody is whispering in one ear but not the other, and they can move around you or they can crumble paper in one ear and you can hear it. They did it with one 180 seconds, so do it with this one. They record barely any of the dialogue or any of the talking with that dummy head. It's almost as if they record all the dialogue in a regular studio and then they get a dummy head mic out every now and then to push something in the ear or whisper one word into it. And that frustrates the hell out of me because they're going for this concept, but they're not actually delivering on it. So, yes, when the characters are talking in the room, it just sounds like they're talking at your face. And then suddenly out of nowhere, boom, suddenly they're talking in one ear. And it's like, wait, why is suddenly they're talking in one ear? Anyways, that aside. They suck at they suck at dummy head mic recordings. Let's just make that perfectly clear. They'll never do it good apparently because they're on their second show now and they can't pull it off. I could put that aside. And again, I don't care for the ear cleaning stuff and they keep doing it. Um, you get a little bit of like eating stuff in here as well, um, sleeping ASMR stuff in there as well, which they do perfectly fine with. Um, outside of that, what actually sets this one aside from the first season or the first show, the 180 seconds. The only episode I really liked from 180 Seconds was the episode with the two sisters because one of them apparently was trying to was talking about how she could possibly poison this one uh, girl that is seeing her brother, and that was really funny. Uh, but most of the writing in 180 Seconds wasn't that good. This one it feels like they're trying to actually tell a story, and what that kind of turns into is they have to keep moving the main character from one thing to another, which I wasn't expecting. So what you're essentially getting here is as this opens up the first episode. Guy gets hit by a car, and he reincarnates as a dummy head microphone. 
And so he's in a classroom, an ASMR club, and there's two girls in the room, Panda and Yuri. And Panda's entered in the room, and Yuri is doing this practice for ASMR for this festival. And Panda sits down. You quickly realize Panda likes Yuri. And Yuri doesn't get it. <laughs> so you're, you're having essentially the story is Panda is kind of um, is into Yuri and it's an unrequited love and she doesn't really know how she can express that. So you get these little kind of jabs every now and then to kind of try to, you know, get the hint that this girl likes you kind of moments um, while at the same time they're just talking about random stuff. Transition to the next episode. Suddenly he's the seat of a bike. <laughs> he's Panda's seat. Uh, Panda's bike seat so yes girl has to sit on the bike and he goes how soft it is um but yumi yume shows up and umi likes panda and panda kind of gets it but panda likes yuri so you're getting a lot of yuri in the series so far and you have a little teasing that's happening in that episode cut to the next episode he suddenly it, it, it seems like every day he changes the next episode he's a chicken and he gets taught he he gets picked up by the farmer and then cut scene and he's fried chicken <laughs> and Ume or Yuri just bought the fried chicken and takes it back to the classroom. And so Yuri's sitting there with, I think it was Ume and they're eating fried chicken, which is the main character who has been reincarnated as a chicken and fried. <laughs> and then cut to the next episode. He's now Yuri's pillow and Yuri is talking to Panda on the phone and she falls asleep on the pillow and starts to drool on it. So, now, I want to say one thing that will sell this series to a large portion of our audience. Who is voicing the main character? Well, I have a cheat sheet. You do. <laughs> the Seiyu that did, that voiced Rudius. So, the entire time you're watching this show about a guy being a eyed into random objects and hanging out with cute girls is voiced by Rudius. And yes, it's pretty much his adult voice. So it it literally it watching this show, it really feels like Rudius's old forty year old self is inside of all these objects. He's not as pervy as Rudius, but he does make some jabs here and there. Like again, how soft Ume's butt is when she sits on him, or oh Seishun and 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 girls eating him. Technically, um, it's it's that's i think the biggest selling point of the show is really it, literally that is i made a joke at my i did a first impressions video where i'm like literally apparently he got hit by a truck and he didn't end up as the son of zenith and paul instead he ended up inside of a dummy head micro no and a chicken and then eaten by a bunch of cute girls um it's bizarre it feels like it's doing enough to really kind of give these characters some moments it's only like two and a half minutes long i think each episode um so it's actually a recommendation for me. I mean, it's not that bad of a show and they're doing a decent job of it. The visuals look fine. Um, I think my only argument is that the ASMR sucks. So it's one of those ones where I just kind of recommend just watching it on your television or whatever. It's you're not going to get a cool stereo experience from it unless something changes in the coming episodes. Um, it's just kind of just a, again, absurdity of this guy being transported into different weird objects and then watching Yuri action happen around him. It looks like the sister of Yuri is going to be doing the baby stuff. That's that's the stuff I can't get behind. Like every time I watch any sort of a, I, it, they did it in a, uh, 180 seconds. The the baby ASMR stuff I can't like that stuff is just very weird for me. Um, but yeah, we'll see. 
but yeah, that's that's my life after I became a dummy head mic on one morning. I meant to text you yesterday that I I downloaded them. Um, so they're they're on the server along with all of our others that you can't get anywhere like a moral guild. We had like two shows a season that you can't get anywhere. That's crazy. Moving on, Romantic Akira. This one's streaming on Netflix, running for 12 episodes. It's already technically aired. Um, being done by Studio uh, Domerica, the sources of manga. Genres are comedy, romance. Um, I technically have watched this whole show because it was a full dump. Did you get a chance to check it yeah. out? I So I don't I, I don't want to go into full details here. We'll, we'll end up having a full review later on. Um, I already have a review video made on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Spirit. But um, yeah, I... I did want to still get it in our first impression so people know about it, but essentially follows this girl named Anzu. Her whole existence is around video games, chocolate, and her cat. So she goes to school. She has friends. She's not a shut-in. She's not a neat or anything. It's just that whenever she has free time, she just wants to go home and eat candy and play her games. Well, at one point, she's playing an Atome game. She thought it was a Atome game that she bought, but it ended up not being the Atome game that she bought. And this wizard comes through her television screen. And this wizard basically just tells her, Look, I work for the government, um, and I got to meet my quota. I need you to get with a boy. So I'm going to take away everything that's distracting you, which is her candy, her video games, and her cat. And I'm going to uh, use my magic to force you into situations with hot guys. So she's, like, really mad, obviously, because she's losing these things that she really does love. And (laughs) it kind of forces her to... She kind of takes it from the angle of, I'm not going to let him get what he wants. So I'm going to literally not get with these guys that are pushing that he's pushing towards me and so you have like sakasa shows up she actually opens the door and it knocks his phone out of his hand and she apologizes he's like don't worry about it she knows that this is one of the boys sent to her so she says okay cool you're you're cool with it all right bye and she just runs away because she doesn't want to be anywhere near these boys that obviously this mage this wizard is pushing on her um but yeah i'm not gonna get too much detail here but essentially what it kind of turns into is Everything around Anzu is being manipulated by the magic of this wizard, forcing hot men upon her. This this cool this cold cool guy, the childhood friend, the rich boy, all to force her to have some sort of relationship with one of them. I I think what's really great about this series is that at face value it seems like a goofy comedy, avoid love, rom com shenanigans. And yes, a lot of the driving force in comedy is around her frustration with this wizard, not letting the wizard have what she wants. And yes, this goofy idea that all these men are these perfect guys that are straight out of a Tommy game. But what really surprised me about this series is that as it goes along, none of the characters are the sum of their first appearance. They're not a Tommy game characters, and they actually have really significant depth behind them as characters. And the way the series pulled that off, I cannot express enough. I absolutely loved it. This is a series that I highly recommend people checking out. Um, I, I just feel like I'm just doing a review anyways. But <laughs> I really loved it. Go check it out. Uh, I, I think you... I don't know. It's it's, a, it's it's one of those series where I almost want to feel like, yes, if you watch the first episode and you love it, keep watching. But if it's a show that, for me, when I first got into it, the first episode, I was a little bit bugged by Anzu. Like, she is super expressive. And they and they and they do a really great great job of making her inner expressions because she goes super wild in her own mind, and so you see a lot of really goofy looking facial expressions that she gives. Um, they over detail, do the whole like super muscular chin and stuff like that. Um, they get really goofy with her, but 
and it almost it was almost off putting at first. The only thing that drove me through is the fact that she was voiced by Ryu Takahashi. So I'm like, you know, Megaman, I love this voice. Within the second episode, I was over it, and it really worked for me in the end. So if the first episode bugs you, at least give it two episodes, and if it doesn't like kind of set on on you, I still recommend it because it just it gets so good with the characters later on um, that I'm super shocked, but. It's just a fantastic series overall. I really, really enjoyed it. Anzu is a fantastic main character. She's not a Bricks character. She's not in a reverse harem. She has her own personality. She's combative. She's goofy. She's heartwarming. She's she's really loving in, in deep side there. It's, it kind of gives, again, Anzu is almost another one like the other characters where she feels like she's this trope. But you realize over time that she's actually like a really good person that you really want to root for. So, yeah, I highly recommend it, checking it out. So. Again, I'll do a full review later on, but I don't want to drag on this first impressions with a review, <laughs> even though I've already have. And our last one is Bleach Thousand Year Blood War or Bleach Sinan Kessen Hen. This one is streaming on Hulu, unfortunately, uh, or Disney Plus in some regions. Hulu or Disney Plus, one or the other in different regions. U.S. is I think it's Hulu. Um, Canada, I think, is Disney Plus. Um, that's all I know. I think Disney also in Australia. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not gonna claim to know, but yes. Um, for those who don't know, Bleach is basically about this guy named Ichigo who, at some point, um, has his run-in with this big nasty Hollow, what they call his Hollows later on, and he ends up trying to save the life of this girl named Rukia, who ends up being this Shinigami who comes down and kills them, and she stabs him with her his, her sword in order to pass over her powers to Ichigo, which wakens him. He becomes a substitute uh, Shinigami takes down the hollows, eventually has to go to the Soul Society, um, fights the Soul Society, um, Aizen, all this stuff. <laughs> I don't know how much I want to explain to this. Uh, it's the long-running Shonen series that's finally back after, shoot, what, 12 or some years. Um, super hyped that it's back. Thoughts? <laughs> I don't know how far... I don't know how... I, I, soft spoilers, obviously, because we're, again, getting into, like, 300 episodes into this series, but, um, yeah. Absolutely love it. I love seeing all my characters back. Um, the, the updated um, look is great. Um, love to see a lot of the... We're finally getting into some of the stuff that we've been waiting for for so long. Some of the some of us who have read ahead, we know that some of the biggest, coolest things are coming up in in the future. Um, it I I love seeing the 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 tool that is uh, is kind of the main crux. Uh, it, it has already come out and out in the forefront. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Um, I haven't, I, I'm only like four episodes in, so I don't, I, uh, I, I already know what's coming up in the future. So it's not like I'm, I'm hurting or anything like that, but yeah, love it. Love the, the, the new look, um, love the, the stuff that we're getting into and I'm super excited. Yeah. Apparently they've already revealed the core crux of the story and we just don't know about it unless you've read the manga. <laughs> Um, no, I'm loving it. The The visual style upgrade is fantastic. Um, within the first episode, I was already just super emotional just kind of seeing the characters come back. I was absolutely in love with the first episodes. Besides the holos being CGI, but I don't think we're going to have many holos. Um, so I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem. But uh, holos. I'm saying holos. Ho- holos. 
<laughs> We've seen CGI hollows, but I don't know that they're going to be that important because it's obviously uh, Quincy's versus Soul Society versus uh, Iron Cars versus everything that we've ever experienced up to this point. I, I think that's the big core thing that I'm already seeing that I'm already kind of in love with with this next arc because it really does feel like it's a culmination of everything. Like, we've obviously seen the story of Ichigo going through the Soul Society, going through the Iron Cars, going through the full bringers and all that kind of stuff and it feels like and yes technically having the quincy's as a side story the entire time with uru ishida and it really does feel like all that's coming to a head with the quincy's and again them enslaving the iron cars and attacking the soul society and bringing back the concept of the two worlds and the the balance between the two of them it, again it feels like everything is culminating and it feels like of course ichigo through his experience of these all these arcs is becoming again obviously as a main character the core thing that can obviously save the soul society and that's that's been fantastic uh, the one thing that i am kind of concerned about is obviously feeling like this is getting into a very brutal um, arc already like it just feels like we've already taken out one semi important figure in the story already and it just feels like that's going to continue on like i i just feel like things are going to get really bloody going forward because it doesn't feel as if they are holding much back it's a huge. That was a huge concern when people seen that Disney Plus licensed it. Was that right. they were gonna censor the hell out of it? But it's not. It's super bloody, super gory, heads being blown up, all that kind of stuff. Um, the other big concern I have is they're really ramping up the lead of the bad guys. Like the dude can literally blow up heads by pointing at them, and so that that always gives you that concern of like, okay, then what? How is he not gonna blow up Ichigo's head when he sees him? so they're they're really ramping up the bad guys which is usually typical for introducing a new concept obviously the core idea here is that the quincy's have a method of uh stealing away bankai's and obviously for the soul society the bankai is their power um so we'll see how they're gonna overcome that and uh if ichiko can make it there to save them i i think the one thing that i've loved like at least for the last few episodes is uh kurosuchi like He's always been just a weird character, um, especially early on. He's always seen like like this super heartless, mad scientist character. But I think I've always kind of seen him as also this person that's he's he's screwed up, but he's smart. And I, I think he's already had like several points in this season that he's just butting heads with people, like especially the high captain. It's like I told you all this crap was going to happen. You did nothing. And I'm really curious how that's going to kind of um transition over time because it, it seems like they keep pulling him out of the into a scene here and there just to express how much they're not listening to him he's like he told them don't use your bankai i'm gonna figure out a way to not have this happen and they do it anyways he's like why could you not have waited um and i love that aspect about him he's just he feels like he's like the he's always felt like that person that you can't trust but you he's sort of trustable <laughs> is that the word trustable um you 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 reluctantly trust him because he just He's too crazy. He's screwed up, but you kind of have to. I don't know. He's he's just the the person you got to deal with. Um, but no, I got a huge kick out of Bambi Bambiette when she first showed up because she's literally Bambina. Uh, my my little sister can't be this cute uh, Ori Orimo main girl Kirino, and I'm like, why did you have to give her that voice? They chose perfectly. <laughs> why did you have to give her that voice? Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see how this goes. It's definitely got my attention. It looks fantastic. Um, a lot of the animation so far has been really phenomenal. Again, besides the the CGI and the hollows. Um, but I don't think that's going to be an issue for what's coming. 
I'm just a little bit scared. I'm very scared about this <laughs> might possibly die. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Well, well, we haven't again. We haven't technically had anybody big core being taken out, so I don't know that I'm going to be too scared. But I, I'm just regretting the first one that's going to happen. So, yeah, looking forward to more of this. Definitely fantastic. Um, it's hype. Super hype. I, I, I'm also. I was wanting to cover this show on a weekly basis on the YouTube channel, but it doesn't seem like. I, I think there's a. There's a fandom. There's always been a fandom, and there's the, there's the core YouTubers that cover the ble- uh, Bleach stuff, and they're the ones that get all the hits. So my videos just kind of go peter off, and I'm like, I want to cover it, but at the same time, it's not, it's not that. I don't know. It just feels bad. It's it just feels it, bad. it's one of those the, with some of the stuff that co- that's coming soon. You're almost gonna want to just to let that steam off. It's yeah, probably it's gonna be fun. It, yeah, I it. I might just. I don't want to overhype. Oh, I'm I'm already overhyping it. But when it comes down to it, this the, I'm stupid excited about wanting to see some of the stuff that's coming soon. I really am. Yeah, it sucks that it's gonna be split core. But again, if they keep this quality, take your breaks. <laughs> if you're gonna keep to this quality, take the breaks. Um, because it, honestly, like even when I was rereading through the manga, I still took time to go to the animation and watch the fight scenes because they're just. The animation back then was even phenomenal and was really more the music. Like, oh, my gosh, the music, yeah. <laughs> the music of the old series. Like, I went back and checked some of the fight scenes. Like, oh, my gosh, the music's so hype. Um, but, yeah. And the ED in this one is fantastic. So I want to hear Yuki. So good. Anyways, that's 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 Bleach. Looking forward to that one. And that's it. That's all the shows we're going to cover. Um, no, I didn't get I wanted to get back to watching Sidanchi. Uh, um but unfortunately, it's only four episodes on HBO, so I didn't get a chance to 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 get to that one. But I will eventually. And again, probably since it's already pretty much done, I'll just go watch it and review it later. But uh, of course, we still I'm I'm still not sure what I'm going to do with um, Biscuit Hammer. I I kind of I think I've kind of decided I was going to just check out the manga, um, so I might not get back to the anime, but we'll see. Uh, the other one, of course, being Utwaramono. I have completely not been watching that since the new season came out. So I want to take some time to get caught up on that one. But still, watch, for sure, I'm still watching Utwaramono. There's no way I'm not watching that show. So because we're on the final season and we're almost done. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, that's that's all for our first impression. Hope you guys enjoyed all these first impressions. It was a lot of fun. Um, next week, we'll get back into actually doing a news bit. So we have tons of stuff to probably cover on that news bit and discussion. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, as per usual, you can go to our Discord, a link at atakuspare.com or in the description of this podcast. Join up there. You can ask questions there. We answer them on the podcast itself on our discussional podcast episodes. Uh, but yes, we hope you guys enjoyed. And again, atakuspare.com, that's all of our links for all the way that you can social media to link to us and ways to support us. We greatly appreciate everybody that supports the channel. And y'all take care. Oos! Sugeta